My name is Matt Brown. And let's start the show. Baseball's back. <laughs> Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Oh. Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of this podcast, the Productive Conversations Podcast. I'm so happy to have you join us. If you're a returning listener, thank you so much for coming back and tuning in. We love and appreciate all the fans and listeners of the Productive Conversations Podcast. And if you're brand new to this, welcome. We're so glad to have you, and welcome aboard. So, what is up? It is April. April. April 1st, 2021. Whoa. We're we're go- we are already a, f- a quarter of the way through the year. How about that? It's a beautiful April day, April 1st, 2021, and why is today especially special? Well, that's because it is one of the greatest days in the United States of America. It is opening day in baseball. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Baseball is back. Spring is back. Warm weather is back. And the good vibes are here to stay. Today's a great day because I signed up for my vaccine. Oh, yes. The state of Connecticut, you're eligible to sign up for your vaccine today. And oh, my God. Thank goodness, science, for making this day possible. We are here. We're not done yet. But we are getting closer to the end. So let's continue to listen to science. Let's continue to listen to our healthcare workers. Let's continue to do our part to end this pandemic once and for all. Before we get into more fun, I just want to remind you all to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And please leave a review. Don't forget to download as well. Also, to check out all exclusive content regarding this podcast, go to ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com and check out all the things we have to offer from every single podcast, every single video, my blogs, my resume, everything. Productive Conversations Podcast is on our website. Check it out. And on that website, you'll also see our merchandise store. Thanks to our friends at Zazzle for making it possible, but we sell merchandise regarding the Productive Conversations podcast, whether it's clothing apparel, whether it's office supplies, whether it's miscellaneous items, whether it's just all fun things that we could put this amazing logo on. Thanks to our friends at Zazzle. Go to the website and purchase it at affordable prices and enjoy what we have to offer. And go to that website by either... Go on to ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com slash merchandise or go check the episode description below and there's a link to the store right there. And also don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at Prod Convo Pod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. Episode 61 is here and we're talking all about baseball today. I love baseball so much. You know I'm a big Yankee fan. If you've seen the videos, I'm often wearing a Yankee hat. This is my team. Let's go, Yankees. As I am a true diehard baseball, basketball, and football fan, with also fans of other, I'm a fan of other sports. 
especially hockey and golf. I'm interested in UFC. I like sports entertainment as well, WWE. As you know, I'm a big sports junkie. Just baseball has a special place in my heart. It was the first sport I fell in love with. It is America's national pastime. And I get it. It's not the most popular sport anymore. It really isn't. Got to hand that to basketball and football, which I love dearly. And both basketball and football is a special place in my heart as well. But baseball just has a special factor for me. I connected well with my grandfather. May he rest in peace. God rest his soul from baseball. I get close with my father from baseball. I've enhanced relationships being a baseball fan and especially being a big diehard Yankee fan. I love this game so freaking much. And I'm so thankful to have this platform to talk about it. And who am I going to talk about this great game that we have ahead of us this incredible season and with the projected work stoppage looming we could get into that on how fucking terrible it is that there's probably going to be a work stoppage the players association owners have been beefing for a long time i mean it got really ugly especially in the pandemic i don't get how these these people fucking in the pandemic really were arguing over money and salary and i get it Pay what you earned and you worked hard for. But in the special condition of a pandemic, and this the season could have started way sooner than mid-July, but people are selfish. And what can I say? And it led to just a 60-game season when we probably could have had at least a 90 or 100-game season, changing so many dynamics. But the fact that we are having a 162-game season is very, very humbling and special. And we got to take it in. With the owners of player associations having huge tensions, no salary cap, and a lot of players are having a hard time getting signed after the age of 30 unless you're a special player like a Mookie Betts who got signed uh, two off-seasons ago. Looks like Francisco Lindor is going to get an extension. On the Mets, you have, obviously, Fernando Tatis getting a humongous extension. Mike Trout, only these people in a special category getting extensions and... It's been hard for players to get a role like that, uh, get a place on a team. And that's a huge factor coming into the work stoppage and yada, yada, yada. We could go all day about the work stoppage. But the bottom line is that we may not have a baseball season next year, or at least we may not start on time because of the tensions regarding players getting signed, salary, um, sal- salary, and uh, it's, it's just a fucking mess. And it's just tragic. But we're not going to think about that now. We can worry about that after the World Series. But today, we're talking baseball with Alessandro Viviano and Alex Young, two returning guests of the Productive Conversations podcast. Alessandro slash Andy, he is a Yankee fan. Alex Young is a Met fan. I'm a Yankee fan. And we're going to have a incredible talk regarding this upcoming season. We're going to make our predictions. We're going to talk about who's going to win the, who we think will win the Cy Young Award, who we think will win MVP, who's going to be Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, which teams are going to be winning divisions, which teams are winning pennants, and we're going to talk about who is going to the World Series. And it's exciting, especially for New York sports, the New York sports teams, because both teams are projected to have really good seasons. The Mets are coming out of nowhere after just the both the most high and low offseason I think any professional sports team has had from all their controversies to all their big to their big acquisitions and such team looks really good 
And then the Yankees probably have the most approved out of any team in the league right now. With this core of players, we have crawled and fought so hard. Just games away from the World Series. Heartbreaking playoff losses. And you know what? The time is now. It really is. This team was good enough to be in the World Series in 18, 19, and 20. Came up short. A Cinderella story in 2017. We just came up short in there, even though the Astros fucking cheated. And, um... Yeah, I don't know if the if what's ever going on, if the Yankees are going to be letting players go if we don't win it all this year. We have a, a lot of players are due to get a big payday. So the Yankees have a humongous season ahead. And I don't think we'll be seeing a lot of the current Yankees on the team next year because of people being due for money, because it's been such an intense process to get us there. And yeah. This is the most anticipated Yankee season of my entire life, and that's saying something. I mean, 2018 was pretty significant as well, but the fact the Yankees have gone through so much in terms of heartbreaking losses and players moving everywhere, and oh, that's all I could say. So Yankees have to get the bag this year, and I will be talking about that. I'll be talking about who can threaten the Yankees and Mets, but we're going to talk about... Um, MLB as a whole, the Dodgers look incredible. There you have a great chance of repeating as World Series champions. The Padres are turning it to a hell of a team to watch. The White Sox might be making some noise even after losing a uh, important piece to their roster. Who knows where the Blue Jays are going? Can the Rays make a comeback? Oh, so much fun things to talk about in, with baseball in this huge upcoming season. And the other big thing to keep in mind, if there's a work stoppage ahead, we got to take in this season once and for all. So with all of that, Andy and Alex are back. We're going to talk about baseball. We're breaking everything down. We're obviously going to talk about Yankees and Mets, but we're also going to talk about the league as a whole. And yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun in another epic and classic episode. So with that, time to talk about baseball. Alessandro. Alex, it's your guys' turn once again. Let's get to it. Greatest days in America, especially this season. It's opening day. Baseball is back for a full 162 game schedule. It is an extremely exciting time for New York sports, as we see well represented on each side. But we're going to talk about the whole league in general in a very in a very important year for the sport. But to talk baseball with me once again, returning guest, the great Alex Young. Once again, how are you doing, Alex? I'm doing great. I'm super excited. Baseball is back. I've been waiting for it for so long. We get a full season instead of 60 games. I'm super excited to be talking about it. Thank you again for having me back here, Matt. I'm super amped. Always, Alex. You know you're one of the best to ever do it. And then another great guy, another one of the best, Alessandro Viviano. What's up, buddy? 
Yeah, you know, I mean, could not be more excited for opening day. Could not be more excited. This is a very pivotal year for baseball. I agree with you, Matt Brown. I think baseball, especially since we're going to do a 162 season, needs to come out hot and heavy for the fans this year. So I'm excited for that to happen. And I'm excited because the Yankees are quite good. (laughs) Quite good. We'll get into that. We will indeed. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to talk about the Yankees. We're going to talk about the Mets. Then we're going to talk about some random teams that may excite us and surprise us, go through over-unders. Then we're going to hit some player rewards, and then we're going to pick who we think is going to win it all. But first things first, guys, as I mentioned, the pivotal year for baseball, not only for the fact that it is back and that assuming that we're all continuing to follow the rules, listening to science, we'll get fans back in the stadium, at least – we are starting to slowly see them, you know, New York State, 20%. I think only Texas, the crazy Texas people of Florida are 100%. And we know their teams either piss us the hell off or don't have to worry about that in playoff contentions, a.k.a. Astros to the Marlins and whatever. But another reason why baseball, specifically this is an important year, is because there's a lot of rumors growing that after this season – when the collective bargaining agreement officially expires on December 1st, they expect that there's a great chance that there could be a work stoppage, that there could be another strike. This is as a result of player and owner tensions really going high, especially amongst player acquisitions. A lot of owners focusing more on international pools to get players, which has been really upsetting the Players Association. Another reason is the fact that a lot of older players are having a hard time finding teams and getting contracts again because owners don't want to pay for players, especially over 30, if they're not contending at a special level like they used to, except for the special player, your Trouts, your Mookie Betts, who we've seen get signed and stuff like that. And, you know, still fighting over the luxury tax has been a problem as well. But there's so much going on, and I really hope there's no labor dispute for the sake, for baseball sake, because you know it will turn a lot of people off. But Alex and Andy, tell me, you guys nervous? You think the, there's a chance that baseball will come back? We'll start with Alex. Should we take this year, especially in if there is going to be a strike? Yeah, of course. I think this is a very pivotal year. You know, we've talked about it a little bit. You know, you addressed the issues that are happening. I think another key issue that's going to be talked is, is recently, and we just saw again with Jared Kelenic, is service time manipulation. Mm-hmm. That these owners, oh, yeah, they, sure. their, their prospects down just to get an extra year so they don't have to pay them big contracts, you know, at, at their prime years, right? So I think that's a huge thing looking at this year, all the prospects <laughs> that are going down. Um, you know, start six oh Sanchez, another you know player that we just saw get called down. So mm-hmm. I think that's a huge thing going to limited negotiations. Um, and I, like I said, I think this is a pivotal year. Um, you know, I, I would hate to see you know a strike happen. I think we're heading in that direction just from everything that's going on. So this is a pivotal year for everything. You know, uh, spotlight. You know, the ratings on t- television ratings. You know, they haven't been doing great these last few seasons. You know, they really have to like you know early on when we were t- discussing before we went live. Like they really have to start hot and heavy. Um, you know, because they have to get tuned in. They have to get numbers. Um, you know, they're getting destroyed in ratings by other leagues. So oh, yeah. this is a really, really pivotal year for baseball because, you know, if the excitement's there and everything's there, I think, you know, it would be easier to negotiate certain things. But I think there's, you know, we're going down a path, you know, where things are getting a little bit too stretched out. And, and unfortunately, you know, it's looking 
towards a strike, you know, at this point, which we all as baseball fans would hate to see. We don't, we want, we love baseball. We hate to see, you know, fighting happening and, mm-hmm. um, you know, long gaps about baseball, but I think we are really heading in that direction unless, you know, something drastic happens these next few months. Absolutely. What do you have to add on to that, Andy? Well, I think Alex did an excellent job covering co- quite comprehensively most of the issues. I think another th- really interesting thing to think about is the ability for the uh, the service time absolutely has to be addressed. It is abusing both the players and the MLB fans and taking mm-hmm. a- these incredible players away from the spotlight, which they belong in. Another uh, kind of interesting thing that I was thinking about is with television contracts becoming so, uh, so important and so lucrative because there's all these channels now, you know, Paramount has their Paramount Plus, Hulu has live sports. All these television contracts are quite up in the air over the next coming years. And I think another thing is we saw so much change during the lockout season. We saw a 60 game schedule. We saw an expanded playoff push. That was fun. That actually added teams into the playoff picture that normally over an 162, you know, the Miami Marlins might not get into the playoffs, but last year they were an incredible run and that's what they did. Don Mattingly won, you know, manager of the year. So I think it's pivotal this year for baseball either to get with the times and change or to watch their fandom. I mean, there's still people who love baseball and there will always be people who love baseball, but the fact that Mike Trout is a generational talent and less recognizable. There was a statistic of Kenneth Fareed, you know, who used to be a basketball player two years ago was more popular than Mike Trout, more recognizable. So uh, I think it's time with major league baseball to get with the times and uh, own up because we love baseball and we want to keep it around. Yeah. You both hit the nails on the head, especially Andy, when you were talking about obviously baseball, we've talked about, they have a popularity and marketing problem. And if you stop the sport outright, why would you give anybody a reason to watch anymore? I mean, we saw the 94, 95 strike, how bitter people were and the steroids era honestly saved it. You can't really promise that now there was less options to watch in sports. Now you can watch anything. And if you really give people a gap year, it's, it's just going to make it worse and worse. And now you, you have these, so you have just have so many players with so much swagger now and so coming from ethnic backgrounds too that it could be so marketable, like a Tatis we have seen or like a uh, Tim Hardaway, not Tim Hardaway, Tim um, Anderson in Chicago. White Sox is fun to watch it. He is a hilarious personality. Soto. Um, yeah, watch Soto. Soto you know, Soto's, uh, yeah. Francisco Lador is fun. Another guy with swagger fun to watch. Aaron Judge is a marketable guy. But yeah, baseball has this problem doing it. And we could have had at least a hundred game season. It took the players and owners fighting well to the beginning of the summer that it was too late. And you, I'm surprised with all these changes that they didn't bring him back. We're not going to have expanded playoffs this year. No universal DH to give more players yeah. hitters an option. Mistakes. Honestly, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, fully on mistakes. I think they took good steps toward a more modern Major League Baseball game in which, because let's face it, I love baseball. It's it's a long time. It's four-hour games every time, yeah. you know, and that's great. 
but especially with a new generation of people with a lack of uh a what's lack of uh attention span wow exactly just mm-hmm. like i just exhibited a lack of attention span i think the quicker it moves honestly the better these days yeah I totally agree too. And, and, and I just go off like taking away the universe with the H I think was a really bad decision. I think mm-hmm. all of us, we didn't know how we felt at first, because if you, you know, we're, if you're dire Bears fans, you're kind of purists and you know, we, we don't want to see the game change that much, but then we see the universe with the H and it's like, wow, this is exciting, you know? And, 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 and people are like, well, you know, Sometimes it's fun to see a pitcher hit a home run. There are some pitchers that can hit. Jacob DeGrom can hit. <laughs> you know, most of the Mets pitchers can hit pretty well, right? So if you want to hit, if you want to have them hit, put them in the DH. But it's just, yeah. it's just, you know, just having that option there to get these extra hitters. I think the pace of play would also change a little bit. Absolutely. But it also helps getting these young players in. Like we saw Dom Smith have a breakout year because we had that you know a university age and he can get reps because he didn't have to be behind pete alonzo or, or, or platoon with him so just them pulling it away to me it just shows again just like the lack of them paying attention to their fans and and, and just marketing things and just a quick point with marketing they had an interview like dom smith interviewed barry bonds right a few few months ago and barry bonds doesn't really do a lot of interviews right I, if I didn't scroll on my Twitter on that day that they were doing it, I would have not known that this really cool interview with Dom Smith and Barry Bonds was happening. I didn't even know that happened. Yeah. Wow. Bonds, a legend. Like, yeah, arguably like, one of the 10 best players of all time. Arguably. And it was it was great. And it was like, I watched, you know, the first, it was like an hour-long interview. I watched the first 30 minutes. And I was like, just listening to Barry Bonds and, you know, his attention to the game. And like yeah. what he means to baseball, and you could argue everything about Barry Bonds, everything about him, but he is one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player to ever play this game, right? Yeah. yeah. I And we don't see him often. So it just shows to me, like, if I didn't scroll on Twitter and just live now, Dom Smith talking with Barry Bonds, or rewatch this, I wouldn't have known. That should have been everywhere to me. That should have been on Twitter. That should have been on MLB's Instagram. There should have been countdowns and things. It just was like, all of a sudden I scrolled up. So it just shows, like, there's certain things, you know, other companies do to market something as important as that. It was like a social justice conversation. It was a baseball conversation. It was a little bit of everything. And it was awesome. But if I didn't scroll on Twitter that day as a baseball fan, I would have not known about this awesome interview that took place. So there's just some flaws and things that we saw. And you can just look, they just took things away that baseball fans wanted more of. And, and that just, right. that's, you know, as a fan. Baseball it's really not like they don't have the money. They yeah, have exactly. the right. money to market their stars. They yeah. really do. Yeah. It's just a failure to do so. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Rob Manfred needs to take some lessons from Adam Silver yeah. and go Extremely. overseas and promote his players. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, you, you either get with the time, you get busy living or you get busy dying. Mm-hmm. And like, I love baseball. It needs to move a little faster. Yeah, and like, baseball is its own worst enemy all historically promoting their famous players and obviously taking care of the popular player now. And baseball needs to take advantage of like a lot of these players from Latin countries with so much swagger, Javier biases, obviously mentioned Tatis already. Claver Torres, another one, Lindor. You have to really showcase these athletes. You have to incorporate them. You have to bring some Latin stars to show it, especially with the rise of Latin music coming in the mainstream. You need to have, I don't know. I can't think of the Latin rappers who are baseball fans. I'm 
bound, they're bound to have them. But if you can have like a J Balvin, Bad Bunny, Ozuna, and well, and have yeah. these players from the, the same countries these players come from and showcase them off, you're only helping your cause. You got to help the players who come from the inner cities as well to have them, you know, give a shit again. And you just got to let players be themselves. Like NBA has been extremely successful at social media. The NFL has been good at it. Soccer, a lot of soccer leagues are good showcasing their stars. Baseball is just, it's a stereotype of being an old person's league, you know? And this is the only way you could do it. It started, we're going to, no offense to hockey. I like hockey and stuff like that, but you don't want to get on the NHL's level where when they have a big deal with ESPN, nobody cares on a mainstream level. It's like jazz almost. And it's, um, you know, whether it's our popular teams being good to lead the charge, you know, hopefully as this pandemic ends, we could start getting players more in the seats and stuff. There's just you just have to take advantage. Use your TikToks, use your anyway social media marketing. Make people care again. And also baseball just sucks again, like I said, historically. You have to showcase the controversial player. Obviously, we could talk all day with the steroids the moral arguments, the right and wrongs and stuff. Even though we can say there's plenty of people who took the roids and still didn't still sucked quite frankly, obviously better than me. Yeah. But the roids saved baseball. Yeah. At the end of the day, but there are, there were players that like you just said, took them and sucked, but you know, but it did save baseball. Yeah, exactly. You need to bring these (laughs) Barry Bonds is the, Barry Bonds is the whole run leader. And yeah, baseball doesn't celebrate him. I, all that beef going on there. A Rod, I know A Rod's a very polarizing figure, but the fact that he is, he still cares about the game so much, he's probably not getting in the Hall of Fame. I know the stories with that, but you know, him dating J Lo and being a big star. Back and, together. It's crazy. Yeah, yes. it's just, that's a whole wild story going on. Yeah. But. <laughs> I mean, why not? I guess yeah. if you're A-Rod and you're J-Lo, I guess why not? Why not? Then you have Pete Rose, you know, scrappy player. I really yeah, think any generation could like him. Pete, Pete Rose should be in the hall, in my eyes. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Bet, 100%. Yeah. You know, bet on himself. Wouldn't you rather have the case like that? Yeah. I mean, and, he didn't, like, cheat the game. I understand yeah. he broke a really bad rule, but does that – negate him from did he ever like i'm saying like did he ever cheat like steroids like we don't we don't know we pretty much probably not but like he just broke a really really bad rule he did the same thing you know shoes joe jackson with you know betting on the team and all that stuff i understand that it's a big rule but like he should be in the hall regardless it's not something like barry bonds or a rod or all this stuff that for a majority of their career it's assumed that they were taking steroids it's so ironic how the MLB hit leader and home run leader are not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And you yeah. have to, if you want people to care about his history, you have to talk about him. Yeah. That's for sure. and, and Barry Bonds is a part of the game. And, 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 and I know people argue this all the time, but if you look at his stats even before, you know, yeah. where you think oh, yeah. he started using steroids, he is a Hall of Fame player. The dude was doing things on the field that no one did, you know, like the multiple home runs and multiple steals and seasons and right. all that stuff. Like, and, 
it's just it, it, the Hall of Fame supposed to tell the story of the game, right? And 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 I understand, you know, yes, they they did stories and they cheated, but it's it's a story of of game. Those us as kids, we were glued to the TV watching Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa smack home runs. Is what mm-hmm. got us into the sport for a lot of us. And, and, and me, you know, Mike Piazza is the guy that got really got me into baseball, but like, same thing. I was glued watching those four guys in Ken Griffey Jr. pretty much doing unreal things every week. And it's, 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 they're, they're all part of history. Like, and, 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 you know, Bonds, I think should be in, I know a lot of people don't agree with me on there, but like, I'm, he, he's the home run leader. And at first, you know, I didn't want him in there, but now it's like he's a part of the game. He's part of the reason why baseball is popular. He's part of the reason why baseball survived in the 90s and the 2000s. He yep. should. If the hall is there. about the history of the game, then you cannot tell the history of this sport without those players. Exactly. That's just the bottom line. Yeah, exactly. Bottom line. Very true yeah. point. Who knows? Just hope. Just hope. But <laughs> with this season, it is, like I said, there is plenty to be excited about. And if any way baseball could keep us momentum up, it'd be with this season. Now let's get into it. Let's talk about let's talk about all things 2021 baseball. First, let's talk about the local teams. As you can see, Alex is a Met fan representing the Mets Nation. I, me and Andy representing the Yankees. But one thing that is fair, I think, in the culture is that both Yankees and Mets fans, I think fairly pay attention to eat both teams and i think also this year it's going to be much different this might be the first year i don't know how you feel andy with this or alex but since the since steve Cohen bought the mets and all the funny things there you might see you might see a little tension both teams are projected to do extremely well you might even see a little rivalry i feel like Obviously, we have our teams we hate. Obviously, Yankee fans hate Red Sox and, and the Astros now equally. Astros, it's crazy. Right. Another thing, Manfred just pansy not taking that World Series away. Yeah. And it's just the momentum. Hopefully, they'll still get booed the shit out of all year. Um. Yeah, we'll get to the Astros later. They'll get yeah. there. They'll get there. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just curious, guys, how you feel about this. Do you feel like there's any, as the season go on, goes on and both teams are – Potentially, they there's a legit chance you might see a subway series. Hopefully, not Jixon didn't say that. But the fact that both teams have great rotations, both pit, both it's funny they both have great rotations, both great position players, bullpens are iffy, but they could very well be a Yankees basketball series. Just do you guys feel that there's any tension between the Yankee fan and the Met fan this year? I think that's really exciting when both New York teams are really good. <laughs> I mean, I think it's great for baseball because yeah. two of the big market teams are front and foremost, and you can see almost all of their games nationally. I think that's awesome. I think Steve Cohen is trying to do his best. Um, oh, my God. A Joseph Sy impression who bought the Brooklyn Nets. I think Steve Cohen is pumping all that money in, and I think it's a good investment. Uh, I think locking up Lindor is number one. He, I saw the 10. They went 10 years today, right? 10 years. 300 mil was the offer today, right? And they for Lindor. Yeah, that yeah. was a, that was reported offered. No official deal yet, but we'll yeah, definitely uh, get into that shortly yeah. about Lindor. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, it's exciting. Honestly, I'm I grew up in New York City. My dad sang the anthem for the Mets for like a game, like at least one game for like 
30 straight years. That's awesome. Al Viviano. He, yeah. he had a fan club and everything. Mm-hmm. It was great. But I root for the Mets unless they're playing the Yankees. So I would like to let you know I'm not a Mets hater here. I am, mm-hmm. in fact, I embrace the Mets. But when they step on the field with the team, it's a different story. Let's just put it there. And that that's totally fair. Uh, I Like I said, I have no ill will towards Yankee fans. Mm-hmm. I don't think there is a rivalry. I think I, I agree, you know, totally that when both New York teams – are, are, are going to be competing. It's so much fun. And and the fact that Steve Cohen comes in and, and treats now the Mets as a big market team, it's just so exciting. And and I know there's certain things that, you know, these last few weeks with Lindor and, and the contract, and we, we can talk about that in a little bit, you know, Cohen going on Twitter, like, how much should we offer Lindor? I wasn't like a fan of that stuff. Yeah, like, I, I wasn't a fan of like that kind of stuff. But just the fact that he went out there, he got Lindor. He should like a, like kind of saying we're building this team, getting Carrasco. I know he's hurt, but building a team and getting the needs that we finally been asking for. And I know center field is iffy. I know third base is going to be a little iffy as well. But like just the fact that both position lineups, they're going to be a lot of fun, a lot of pop in both of them. Pitching is going to you know we have you know the Grom Cole. You can argue one A one B in the MLB. It's just. It's just gonna be exciting. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. And like I said, once the Subway Series goes on, I'm rooting on for Mets. Like you guys are gonna be rooting on for the Yankees. And like we said at the end, I would love another you know Subway Series World Series. I know That's the first the time the it didn't go well for the Mets, but maybe <laughs> this time it'll be a little bit more competitive with the players that are gonna be on the field. Like who would not love to see Lindor go up against Garrett Cole? You yeah. know all this stuff, Conforto, Judge. You know all these different lineups that we could see. Dom Smith and his personality and like the World Series. Series, like media and all that stuff. Like, I think, like you said, it, it, both teams, you know, being looking like on paper that they're going to be super successful. It just makes everything exciting in New York for all baseball fans. All New York baseball fans are super, we're super excited. And, and because usually as Mets fans, we go to a season like we could do it. Well, it usually falls apart, right? Now, like this year, we have that confidence, similar to what you guys have these last, you know, 15 years, that every year you guys feel, except for, you know, a couple little iffy years in between, that yeah. you guys are going to make it to the World Series, right? Like, this is like the year for us Mets fans. That, like, we can make a run in the playoffs so everything goes well. So it's just Absolutely. super exciting. Yeah, one of, one of the bum things is the way it panned out, I believe, last season with the Mets is if they swept their last series – they would have made the playing. Yeah. But now you've added your team is completely different in all assets. And let's transition to that. Let's talk about the Mets. It's been quite the offseason. I'm sure, Alex, as a Mets fan, you are so glad it's over. From obviously scandals to being having a brand new owner to humongous acquisitions, arguably made the biggest deep move trading for Francisco Lindor. Now you got you added James McCann to the bunch. Obviously, Cookie Carrasco, once he gets back, he's a legit arm. You have a Noah Syndergaard coming back in the middle of the season. You have, obviously, Pete Alonso did have a sophomore slump, but he's due for another good year. Dom he Smith, really if he could make it. He looks really good in spring. I do have to say, from the spring games I saw, he had that pop back and hitting the all field. So, oh, we're hoping for a good a definitely, good year. Definitely a key for the Mets this year yeah. to get Keep yeah. back on track. Huge key. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. And yeah, you know, still, and he still got Conforto in there due for a big contract. Uh, Jeff McNeil is still is coming back. But first things first to talk about the misses we mentioned. Francisco Lindor, as we're recording this, 
two days before opening day. By the time we're recording this, there might be a deal. Do you? First of all, Alex, do you expect, with everything going on with Lidore, as we're talking, they were, Francisco Lidore first said, if we're not, if there are no deals made before opening day, I'm not going to negotiate. I'm going to play it out, see where that goes. But first things first, Alex, by the time we record this, do you feel Francisco Lador is going to get signed in a huge extension? And are you more in favor of he should get, I believe it's 12 years, 385 million? Yeah. yeah that's or the other one is that 10 years. That was the number he's asking for. Is, and ass, then the other yeah. deal is 10 years, 325. So, 26, right? Probably around that range. Yeah. Definitely. It's over 320 for, yeah. For, yeah. But Alex, what do you think? What do you think Francisco Lador, what do you think is going to be unfolding here? And what do you want to see? Um, I mean, I, th- I think I mean, you know what you want, but yeah. what do you uh, expect? I, I think they're going to try to find some middle ground. I think he just wants that extra two years of security. And I, I don't know if that's what the Mets are going for. You know, he's going to be in his mid thirties at towards the end of his contract there. It's like, do you really think he can play be an everyday shortstop if we don't have universal DH and the money involved? So like, I understand why the Mets are being a little weary on giving him those extra two years as a Mets fan. I want this done. I want this as soon as possible. I don't want this to be a one-year rental. It's not like, you know, and I, and I understand like before Mookie signed that big deal, that's what a lot of people thought. Like Mookie was going to come in, they win world series, he'll enter free agency. And then maybe he goes back to the Dodgers or maybe he goes to another team. Right. Like I don't want that to happen because, you know, as much as I think the, the Mets can compete for a world series, I don't think they're like the Dodgers, right? Where they just knew you're a few, there are a few pieces here and there away to being in the, you know, you know, winning a world series. Right. So I want him there. And, and I think as Mets fans, we, we want him here. And I, I don't want to go into opening day with him just like playing on a rental. And now we're all worrying if he's going to stay long-term. And then if he struggles, let's say, then like Mets fans might boo him or whatever. Cause he didn't want to be here or whatever the case would be like, I want this deal done. And I don't know if like, maybe they find some common ground, maybe instead of 12, they give him 11 and they add a few, you know, whatever extra dollars, but I really want him back. I, I think he's going to be, you know, the new, you know, face of the Mets here, obviously. And you don't want someone like that who you traded a ton of assets for walk away for nothing. So I, I really hope these next few days they find, they sit down, they, they hash things out and then they, they make some, some deal. If maybe they give him 10 and they give him a little bit extra money that then he's fine. But, you know, I know the, I know the team loves him already. I know Pete said he should be getting like 400 million and all this stuff. Like he's mm-hmm. vouching for him to get paid. And, and that's a really, really good sign that, that these guys want him here. Um, it's just, you know, I want this done. I think a Mets fans would feel a lot more comfortable if this deal was done, um, then then not, you know. Right. And you do feel he's he does deserve this cash. Yes, absolutely. He's a top. He's arguably a top ten player in baseball, and he's arguably the best shortstop, other than Tatis in my eyes. So yes, I think he is very entitled compared to what Machado and Harper got a few years ago. He is entitled to that money for sure. Isn't it crazy how that was a few years ago? Yet. They kind of fell off, especially Harper. Harper at one point was arguably the face of baseball, and he's just he seems going through the motions down in Philly. Do you feel the same way about that, both Andy and Alex? Just random. I, I, I see Harper having a pretty good year this year, honestly, over 162. I think the talent is just undeniable. And over 162, it's gonna show through. Um, that's actually one of 
I still don't think they make the playoffs because the NL East is brutal, but I do think mm. they contend into October. I wish we had the expanded playoffs because they'd probably be my third, you know, that second, third wild card. Um, right, right. But yeah, no, I think, I think Bryce Harper is great. I think, yeah, the sooner you lock up Lindor, the better, because you don't want to get into, God forbid we get into July and the Mets are hovering at 500. Like, and you don't even want to have to ask the question of like, are we dealing him right now for assets at what we, so yeah, definitely first things first. I think you just lock, pay the man what he wants. Um, I think he works hard enough that he's 26 now, 12 years. We put him at what? Yeah. He's, he's 27 now, 27 to so 39. I mean, it's so crazy when we're talking about baseball contract as compared to like, almost every other sport just because you can ensure an all-star hitter up to the age of 37, 38. Mm -hmm. It it does, it does detract that, you know, you're in the NL and you don't have that designated hitter. But I think honestly, by that time you will have the designated hitter. By the time Lindor is reaching his ninth, 10th, 11th year of, of a contract. I do believe the NL will have a DH. I just don't think they can hold out for that much longer. Definitely. Right. And, you know, the one thing I have to say, though, Alex, big, I think it's funny we're starting to realize it, but the big thing coming in when you have billionaire hedge fund owner Steve Cohen by the Mets, you thought he was just, as many people thought, oh, he could just throw him anything he wants. Or that's where the, I guess the confusion is why no Springer was acquired or Bauer, but, you know, we know the various reasons why that. But is there anything else to that? Or we're just realizing that it's great to have Cohen as always. Obviously, ten times better than the Will Pods, but it still is a business at the end of the day, end of the day. Yeah, no, I, I'm loving everything that's happening, and I know I think maybe in our first one of our conversations we had on, on the show, I remember I, I we brought up the Mets for a quick second, and I told you during that Steve Cohen press conference that he said he wasn't going to throw money. <laughs> it, it makes sense. Believe, you're right. You're right. Remember part about the money, the money that he spent, right? So we clearly see that. Obviously, as Mets fans, when we first saw him, we're like, throw money at Springer, bring Bauer, bring everyone, right? And you're delusional (laughs) at first, right? And you're you're delusional as a Mets fan. We're all seeing, we can get Bauer, Springer, oh my God, McCann, you know, get get us everyone. And it just like, it's unrealistic. And I knew that once I I sat once the press office, I heard Cohen say, we're not going to throw money just because we have it, right? We're going to be smart about what we do. And, And we see that. And I'm happy with the things, you know, that the decisions that were made that I think that maybe we could have landed a Springer over a Bauer. Yes. Like, you know, I know we kind of prioritize getting Bauer towards the end and then Springer signed with the Blue Jays. I would much rather us flip that. I'd much rather they, they really went after Springer and then kind of let, you know, Bauer kind of do his own thing and go to LA. So, you know, I'm happy with everything that's going on because at the end of the day, it is a business and you have to be smart about things because if he just threw money, let's say at Springer, Bauer, whoever else, right. And then down the line, now you're stuck with a 30-minute contract of an old center fielder and, and, you know, Springer. And now you don't know what to do because let's say Conforto sh- keeps on shining. You're not going to take him out. And let's say, you know, now you have to move to the left. Now who's going to play center field? And then it's the same thing with Bauer. You pay him 40-something million dollars. Let's say he struggles astronomically that first year. Now you're thinking that second year, oh, my God, what are we going to do? We're paying this guy $40 million. And let's say he blows up and has an eight-year. All right, not saying he's going to do that. Bauer is a very good pitcher, and he's shown that the last few seasons. But 
but I'm, I'm happy with that because if he threw money at the wall, then all of us if you, down the line would be like, oh, what's what stupid contracts? What are you what are you thinking? And it's then you look back a few years and you're like, oh, we're Mets fans and we were delusional at first. And we, we asked for this and, and, and Cohen answered. Right. So, I, you know, it is a business. You have to be smart with your money and any new, you know, I think going into offseason, it's like you have to think about Conforto long term, getting his contract done now with Dylan Door. Now, you know, you're going to be paying him a bunch of money, hopefully, and getting that deal done. So, you know you don't want to be tied in a bunch of money because then you get stuck, you know, and then you, people don't want those contracts. And now you have these old aging guys on massive deals and it just stunts the whole team. Right. Because then if you die down the line, when you want to pay Alonzo, you don't have that. So I'm happy, you know, at first I wanted to be delusional, but I'm happy that everything was taken in consideration and, and everything was, you know, smartly done. You know, I feel like, you just you realize that, Alex, and it's true. There are some people on Twitter and the uh, sports radio callers who do who are personally offended. Cohen's not throwing all out, but you know that's just how we are as New York sports fans. <laughs> yeah. I think that just make that whole all that con contract mumbo jumbo just makes me so happy to have Brian Cashman. At that <laughs> like he really is. Who's in silence? Yeah. I can't sing his praises enough. You know, he finds diamonds out of nowhere. He trades for Voight. He trades for Talkman, who didn't have that great a year last year, but the year before was what incredible. What a great depth piece, though, nonetheless. Yes, like, definitely. You need great, depth, right? And Talkman's a good depth bat to have. So it's, Definitely, yeah. definitely. But just like examples of, you know, even turning Aaron Hicks from the Twins into an everyday switch hitting center fielder. Yeah. Like, Giro Shella. Gio well. Urshela, another, you know, yeah. just for cash. Gigi LeMahieu. From Toronto. Yeah, Gigi LeMahieu. Rocking David LeMahieu. LeMahieu so. went into this offseason wanting five for 125, and they waited, and everybody started to get a little antsy. Now Yankee fans are a little impatient when their superstars are not signed. I get it. I am. But everybody was like, Cashman, you just got to pay the man. You know, five for 125, like, yeah, that's a lot. He'd be 37 at the end of this year. But, like, maybe, you know, bring it down a little bit. Cashman locks him up six for 78. That is – I'm, I'm flabbergasted when that comes out. And, honestly, like, it just makes me so happy to have Brian Cashman at the helm because he's tried and true. And I can't wait for Yasson Dominguez. I know we're not into the Yankees yet, but, like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. The, the film coming out of, like, you know – Miami or oh, oh yes something it's beautiful we'll definitely sound. get into it's the him sound. It's the sound <laughs> off the bat like oh man what question I have with the Mets Alex how do you feel about your owner being the one of the funniest most entertaining follows on Twitter I mean let me just read some of these tweets we've known his interactions Lindor is a heck of a player and a great guy I hope he decides to sign um do you think Lindor will accept? I'm going crowdsourcing for the answer. Um, I mean, look, it's just, it, it, it's, it, you just laugh. That's all I can say. But obviously there's been both the good things. It's nice that it's awesome. He's interacting with fans. He's showing like he's a human. He looks like he genuinely cares. But then, you know, we saw when things got heated, the GameStop issues, he, turned itself off. Obviously, he's definitely doing this a lot of positive times, like the joke of uh, Boomer and Geo and Geo made up the points. Like, so when Edwin Diaz blows up a big, uh, blows up a save, are you going to be saying, man, that really stunk or something? So just wonder from a Mets fan perspective, how do you like um, Steve Cohen being very interactive with his fans on Twitter? 
Uh, I think, I guess I think you nailed it. I think it's perfect. There's the good and, and the bad, right? It's like, okay, what, what, like, you know, early on, it's like, what as fans do we want to see? And it's happening. We all ask, we want the black uniforms back, right? Like yeah. those retro, you know, we love them. We Those are brought back. Okay. Do you guys think an old timers day would be cool? Hell yes. You know, we want to see, you know, Dwight back and Daryl and, and Keith and everyone, Ron, mm-hmm. all of them. You know, we would love to have all the Piazza, everyone just have a Lasting's Millage. No, no less. <laughs> Lucas Duda, who I'm wearing, you know, people know Lucas Duda. I would love to see him back cranking home runs lefty style in an old timers game, right? Or David Wright and, you know, Jose or whoever. So, yes, like there's a good and bad. And then, like I said, there's some things that like he tweets and I, and, and I, it's like the, the Lindor, like how much should we pay him? I'm going crap. It's like, yes, it's funny, but wait you know like kind of maybe wait till you know like okay like the, the he signed we can start kind of like joking a little bit and then the news comes out like it's like it just looks a little weird and i know the whole GameStop thing like that wasn't a great look for him and, and you know people were blasting him and, and, and rightfully so it was, you know you know he was like twitter is not nice to me and it's like yeah because this is you know everyone's looking at what's happening you know like so it, it's good and i'm happy like it shows the human side of him of, of engaging the fans and i think that's all what all of us wanted is just someone because like you know we were like pleading with the will ponds please do something for the last like 10 years of their ownership and they never did something and and cone comes in and it's like right away what do you guys want to see you want the uniforms back we're bringing the uniforms back you want old timers day hell yeah we're bringing old timers day so it's like it's awesome that he's getting those respectives but there's some things like i said that's like let's keep that behind closed doors it's because like you know we don't know how Lindor is feeling right now don't go on Twitter and be like how much should we pay him because now <laughs> it's like Lindor is like what the hell dude like I'm telling you how much you should pay me and like you know yeah. you, don't want, you don't want like you know I don't want any like discount you know you don't want to disconnect between owner and players just cause issues so it's like some things like that just keep kind of quiet but it is good to have an owner that has a personality that wants to be here for the fans just some things that are like all right be a little bit professional but it's, it's all stuff that he'll learn over time. He's just a new owner, and it's probably like a big culture shock for him of how he should conduct himself. So maybe a few years down the line, it's like completely different. He has a personality, but he keeps all that contract stuff behind closed doors and things like that. So it's great having a guy like him, and I'm super excited for the future. It's just like I said, some things are just like, all right. <laughs> you know, like at the end of the day, it's like, eh, I don't need that. And it's funny, but, you know, let's try to keep it professional. Definitely. Just uh, two quick final things, Alex. Who are some of the big players you're really excited to see and think will make an impact specifically for the Mets in 2021? Um, obviously, the, the, the key point or the key guy, um, you know, that that's talked about is, is obviously Lindor. I'm super excited to see him crank his first home run, you know, in City Field, um, I think he's going to have a tremendous impact. I think Cookie Carrasco can have a huge impact on this team as well. You know, I know Degrom's our ace, um, and and Syndergaard will be back midway through the year. But I think you know, with some of the young arms that we have, with Peterson, who you know might be the bottom end of our rotation and things like that, it's good to have a veteran like him who's been through a lot. Obviously, you know, we all know his journey, you know, his cancer and everything. It's just like you know, he's a great guy. Um, just to have him in in the, in, in, in you know the rotation and and. You know, coaching these these pitchers is just a great thing from top to bottom. So I think he can have an impact once he returns healthy. Um, I'm expecting a good a good season from JD Davis uh, again. <laughs> I think that's someone that people are kind of giving up on, not giving up on offensively, defensively. Um, so I'm thinking with someone like Lindor coming there, who can cover a lot of ground and might be able to eke out some of his mistakes that we see. But just having a guy like Lindor to mentor Davis defensively, I think, is just huge. 
Um, and I'm, I'm expecting another good year from Conforto and Dom Smith. Uh, you know, those two showed, um, you know, what they can do. Um, and I know it's a 60 game season, but they had really good years. Uh, you know, Dom Smith, you can consider a breakout season and Conforto showed that he can hit both righties and lefties now, which is just, you know, this is awesome. Um, and then lastly, and I know we talked about this a little bit, um, just Pete Alonzo, um, you know, I think, you know, I think if I'm going to say the one guy who can make the most impact other than Lindor, it, it has to be Pete Alonso entering his third year. You know, sophomore slump last year did not look good, but entering spring training from the games that I saw, it looked like he was hitting the tall fields again. That pop was back. That confidence is back. It just having a guy like Lindor take off the, some of the offensive pressure that he had to go through last season, I think is going to work wonders. So I think the two big impact guys – from my, what I can see, it's probably going to be Lindor and Alonso because we already know DeGrom is the best pitcher in baseball. So I don't even have to specify DeGrom. I think we, that's all common sense at this point. Right, right. And then my final question regarding the Mets before we talk about the Yankees for you, Alex, and feel free if you want to chime in as well with it, Andy, is uh, just what are your big final initial thoughts as we headed to this season that starts today, the time of this uh, release? Just what are your big final thoughts on your Metropolitans, Alex? Uh, I'm just hoping for an exciting year um, and a lot of positivity going this year. I, I think there was a lot of disappointment last season. Obviously, we didn't make the play-ins and we had the roster that should have made easily, should have cruised into the play-ins and we, and we came up short. And I think a lot of players learned from that. And I'm hoping that's what's going on this year. Um, and with the you know addition of, of Lindor, I think it's going to be huge. Um, you know, for this team, both, you know, morale wise and everything. He's a great leader, great defensive player, great offensive player as well. So I think the addition is going to, you know, really change this team. And I really am looking, you know, expecting big things from the Mets. If we miss the playoffs, it is a drastic disappointment. And I think a lot of people can lose their jobs if they really, if they miss the playoffs. Um, so this roster, they should be making the playoffs. Um, you know, they should be contending for the division. Um, so I'm expecting a lot as a Mets fan. And, and I'm hoping that, you know, everyone shines and we have a great year. That's at the end of the day. Um, I, I'm really optimistic about this year. And that's something that I haven't been these last few seasons. So I, I'm really hoping for a really strong season for the Mets. All right. All right. Do you have anything to uh, you have any thoughts on the team from Queens, Andy? Yeah, I do. I think it is. Very honorable, and I love the fact that Steve Cohen wears his heart on his sleeve. I think it's great for baseball. I think, yes, obviously, it's tough when you're the first place to have such a close owner-to-fan relationship. And, yes, obviously, maybe he shouldn't be discussing contract deals on Twitter. (laughs) But I do think having more minds like Steve Cohen in the game of baseball is good for the profession so it's like a uh, Mark Cuban type as an interactive yes, owner. That's yes. exactly who I was thinking of. Yeah. Honestly, not there's not really a lot of big name, big personality MLB owners. I really can't think of Stein Brothers. Keep quiet. Um, oh, very quiet. Very a lot quiet. of a lot of the owners really do stay quiet. There's not like I don't like you said. There's not really one that comes to our head, and it's like, oh yeah, he's a personality. Like I, I think really Cohen's kind of setting the standard, and I, I hope Good. that more owners show their personalities. I think it's a good thing for baseball. I totally agree I also with think that. that. I also think it's a wonderful juxtaposition against the court, very like clean cut Yankee mm-hmm. image and met the Mets with, you know, even Jeff McNeil, <laughs> Jeff McNeil just screams met to me and not yet. Yeah. 
<laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, we need to have the like how the NBA has a Cuban or like a Steve Ballmer, the Clippers, who were just <laughs> characters. Anyway, sure. just another thing to add on why you need to make be interesting as a whole. So having said that, talk about interesting things. Why don't we switch it up? Talk about the Bombers. New York Yankees. Oh, man. The New York Yankees. We'll start with Andy on this one. It's been a quite a time, Andy, since 2017. Yeah. It's we three years in a row, just absolutely heartbreaking losses. 2017 special Cinderella story went as far as we could get, made it to game seven of the ALCS. And it was a tough day for CC against the team that shall not be named. Oh, yes. But we're going to get it. It's a we will get hard to that time. team as well but, because I don't like their prospects this year. Nope. But. Nope. And so 18 tough loss running into a Red Sox team that just wouldn't lose. 2019 cheaters again hit us at the buzzer. Um, and obviously 17 with the trash kid. The 2020, it was just, it was just the way I would describe it. It's just, I mean, they just outplayed us at the end. They just beat us. They, they, put, <laughs> they put the bat on the ball. Like they, yeah. they put the bat on the ball. Oh, and we, we did, did not, and we did not. Um, so, yeah, like I said, so through these years, through these tough playoff losses year after year, have had the same core of players, the Yankees, your Judge, your Stitches, your Glabers, adding now Chapman to the mix, Andy Chapman, and now Cole. A lot LeMay- of people say LeMayhew, this could be the final year to have this core because now everyone's doing money at once. That's yeah, the one thing about these Everybody needs to get paid. That young bomb, that baby bomber core is on. It's Run on the up. clock. It's on the clock. Um, so this is definitely the year for the so, Yankees, and I know we've said that the last couple of years, but this year, <laughs> this year is the year. What makes Very you say that different? What's the difference this year compared to the other ones? You know, I mean. Our line of the last couple of years, it hasn't changed much. You know, it's been a one through nine of absolute barn beaters. You don't want to face this lineup. It's just when in the playoffs, contact becomes so crucial, we have had our issues when it has counted. Along with that, I think the staff, which we'll get into, is far more... The word stable is not really the word I want to use, but we have a lot more options this year. And everybody seems to count out Luis Severino, who I know is coming off of a Tommy John. But even if we get him back at 80%, 85% of what he was, he was arguably a top five MLB, not excuse me, American League pitcher before he got hurt. And I think he's with him not having the burden of being the ace on this roster, he can really shine. Also, Domingo Herman coming back from his suspension. I think that he is very key to the Yankees' success this year. He had a very good year prior to be prior to that 2020 suspension. And uh, I really hope this is the year that Jamison Tyon realizes his incredible potential. Yeah, and I was going to – Yeah. You, you know, hitting on the rotation. So the biggest acquisitions off this offseason besides DJ – was one former Cy Young Award winner, oh, Corey Kluber's on the team. You didn't even mention Corey. And now we have James to tie on. Why don't you talk to me and your expectations from the two big starting pitchers? 
I think it's very key that they can learn and play with Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole is an alpha. He is going to win every fifth day. And knowing that having the freedom for Kluber and Tyon not to be the number one guy, which, I mean, Tyon's a very young, you know, he's young, and he was arguably the number one guy for Pittsburgh prior to the injury. That's because the Pittsburgh team is atrocious. We'll get into that later. Yeah, Kluber's, but, uh, Kluber's big. Kluber yeah. pitched a game seven of a World Series. Yeah, absolutely. And Kluber's an ex-Cy Young winner. And honestly, there's something about the look, you know? He shaves the beard, and all of a sudden he has a nice, clean look of about 17 wins on him. I really, you know, I really think he uh, – I'm, I'm looking at like a 17-8 and eight for Corey Kluber this year. Really? All I right. Really, I really you think, think he's going to bounce back that much? Yeah, I do. I think he bounces back. I think the ERA is still around four, yeah. uh, over, probably 4-1, four, 4-2. Four, but I think this Yankee team is – good enough to get him over 15 wins. I really do. And the big thing about Kluber, he's a big sinker baller. That's his yes. signature pitch. Lots of broken bats coming to Yankee Stadium. <laughs> and you, the one of the things, one of the huge weaknesses for the Yankees and, uh, is the fact that the bullpen, one of the things, the one pitcher you could trust, I think, is Zach Britton, and he's hurt. Yeah. Um, he's not coming back until the – at least it May or June they're projecting. It's I late, yeah. It's it's yeah. late because he literally just got the surgery like a couple weeks ago, so it's yeah. gonna be late. Yeah, he's a no. Obviously, it, it goes without saying that Zach Britton is a very big part of the plans that the Yankees had uh, all season, but especially in the uh, especially in October. Hopefully, since he is going to be back, I mean, knock on wood, in a couple months, uh, he will have time to rev up into those high leverage situations that we need up until then we're going to have to rely on Chad green to do Mm -hmm. what he's been doing and just continue slinging fastballs. And we're going to have to rely on Chapman to he's been, he's been great in the season. He's been great. Andy, I have to ask you, Andy, what is enough enough from, from, if we go, if you want to go back to the Cubs blowing Rajay Davis game seven, 20, Eight, uh, no, 2019, giving up the home run all two way, but he was had a buzzer, I believe. Yeah. Most of us believe. Then yeah, you have I agree with the buzzer, definitely a buzzer. One of the worst tastes in your mouth is the fact that a player that Chapman beamed in a uh series winning whole run off him, yeah, that's the, the yeah. Chapman smile, which has been you know how to tick someone off he, with listen, that. He is still a top, in my opinion, he's a top five reliever in the league. He really is. And he has that aura of late game situation. He will pump it. He will pump 102 right past you. He is an excellent closer. And you know what? It's just like the field goal kicker in football. They get when the game is on your shoulders, you practice one thing. And if you don't execute, you're the goat. You're the woke, not the goat. And if you do execute, you're the goat. So this year we're going to, we're going to count on the, the lefty to, Deliver. So you will go four times a charm. Glaber Torres, though, I will say that he did deliver as Glaber Torres. So he did deliver on one mm-hmm. who should have a bounce back here this year. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, as I asked Alex, who are your some of who are some of those the position players that um, you haven't mentioned already that really um, are excited for you? Do you feel Judges Stanton? We know their injury history. Do you think oh Judge God. Dow switching up? 
no more lifting, all yoga, calisthenics, save with Stanton. I love it. I love you it. Feel I, no, this I is think, the year they're going to be healthy. God, could you imagine? Like, honestly, at this point, it would be a blessing if they stayed healthy. I, I hope yeah. they do, but it would be a blessing because could you just imagine? It's quite a murderer's row once you get into that Yankee lineup. First, you got to start with DJ LeMayhew, who's, I mean, he's, you know, he's good for 25 home runs as it is in a plus 300 average. He's a tough out. Then you he's go clutch on, too. Yeah, he is very clutch. And then you have to deal with Judge. You have to deal with Stanton. And that protection, oh, I think awards here, Mike, obviously the key players this year, there's a couple. Glaber Torres has to get back on track. He was ele- absolutely electric up until last year. And you know what? I think a lot of people could say 60 games over a season isn't a true baseball season. And the law of averages would have probably evened out a bunch of statistics for some players last season. I think Pete Alonso would have had a higher average. You know, there's right. things to be said for 60 games compared to 162. Um, Glaber also Gary has to improve Sanchez. his fielding too. He has to yeah, oh, a lot of errors. Yeah, yeah, big year in the field for big year in the field for Glaber Torres, but uh, and Gary Sanchez. I think Gary Sanchez. Every report out of Yankee camp for the last three years has been that Gary Sanchez is the best natural hitter on that team, and it hasn't showed. It has not showed, but every single report has been that. So <laughs> it's in there. And, you know, you got a lot. He came to the Yankees as a 16-year-old, and he's been with the Yankees his entire career. I would love to see Gary Sanchez get going. I think when he's locked in, he's the best hitting catcher in baseball, with much respect to still JT Realmuto, who's very good at baseball. But yeah, Dreaky Sanchez could be that guy. Also, Clint Frazier finally yeah. getting his spot. I do, you know, they brought back Gardner, but Clint Frazier is going to be the starter in that position. Mm-hmm. Uh, his bat speed, legendary, according to Brian Cashman. You all know how we feel about Brian Cashman. Uh, and he's a ginger, so we love that <laughs> for the vibe, for the squad. Um, but yeah, so on the position players, those are my three position players, key position players for the Yankees. Um, because I honestly think Stanton's gonna mash. Like if he if Stanton he had a great playoff, he did games, have a great playoff. He looked dangerous. He was the most dangerous player on the field in the playoffs. Even, even though we lost that series, he was the most dangerous person in that play in that box. Um, and I really do think if he plays 140 games, he hits 45 to 50 home runs. Like not even really with not with not much effort. Same That's with all Jones. we ask. They're just That's really. Yeah, it's all we ask is just for them to stay on the field. It's always been, again, that has been our kryptonite, has been staying on the field, whether it be Severino, whether it be Judge, whether it be Stanton. Uh, I mean, take your pick. Aaron Hicks, You last year, you could take your pick with all of our pitching. It's tough. Um, but And Zach Britton, again, this year. But uh, I'm just excited for baseball. And, like, the fact yeah. that the Yankees and the Mets are good, like – what else can we do? We just get to sit and watch and uh, watch some history happen and dear God, yeah. keep the injuries away. Also, one last point is that the medical staff was new last year for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And on average, you start seeing the results of a new medical staff the second year after they're installed. So we had a lot of injuries last year. So hopefully the medical staff next man up a little better this Again. year. And hopefully dear God, we can only hope. 
Yeah, and you know, I think the big thing is Gary Sanchez is probably has the most to prove out of every player in the entire league. Obviously, intense criticism has gone his way. People complain about sometimes his integrity, but it seems that really stepped up. He played, went to do winter ball this year on his own merit. Mm-hmm. He see, he, I think he genuinely knows how this. It, literally, he might not. He might not have no team might want if he is yeah. bad one more time, it's gonna be tough on the to find a job. If he's on the interstate again this year, he, he's not gonna have a professional baseball contract. Like yeah. even even with the raw power, he you have to hit 240, 230 at least, you know, like and you're capable of that. He is capable of that. And we know he has the probably arguably one of the best arms throwing people down as well, but he he's had his problems of pass balls and stuff oh, that has yeah. to be intensely fixed, but yeah, the, yeah. I mean, we were playing Austin Roman in the playoffs last year. Yeah, you, you mean Kyle Higashioka? Excuse me, Kyle Higashioka. Yeah, exactly. Austin Roman was on Detroit last year. Kyle yeah, Higashi. Higgy Higgy started. He, yeah, Al Ryan wrote the job. So and like that had a motivated. But it's okay. He did a great job, by the way. Higashioka is a wonderful backup catcher. Definitely, it seems like. He'll be Cole's personal catcher. It looks like again. Yeah, it does look except like for that. opening day. And right. um, so, like I asked Alex, and again, Alex, if you want to chime in as well, what are your your final thoughts on the Yankees as a whole coming into this season? We know the excitement of baseball as a whole, but the final things on the Yankees as a whole. Uh, it's key to get off to a good start. I think it's both for the Yankees and the Mets. You want to get off. To a good start, you want to start. You want to start on top of your division, and just build the gap from there. I think the Yankees have some people, some teams in the AL East, the Blue Jays and the Rays, that will have a lot to say about uh, winning games this year. I think the Rays and the Jays are hungry, and I think the Yankees need to come with that savages fire. We don't yeah. want to, uh, you know, everyone knows that the Yankees, everyone can read any lineup, excuse me, any name on that lineup, and you know what they're supposed to do. They just got to walk the walk now and be that team. This is it. Anything you have to say about the Yankees, Alex? Uh, no, I think everything was it was hit. Um, I guess just like a quick point, that, you know, I, I think you guys are, are in a good place, obviously. You're a very strong team in a World Series contender. Um, it's just like you said, with, with the injury of the brain, it's, it's going to, be tough with having a you know reliable. I know Chad Green had a good season, but just to have that one reliable guy you guys can always anchor on. It's going to be I feel like a rotating bullpen, so it's going to be interesting. And, and just quickly, I think Kluber, you know, I know his velocity is down, but he's just a good enough pitcher to make stuff work. So I think he can have a, a very successful bounce back season just because, like you guys addressed, the, the offense that's there. If, if he gives up two or three runs, you guys can easily recover from that. So I'm expecting a, a good, hopefully a healthy and a good uh, bounce back season from Kluber. Cause when he, when he's on, you know, it, it, it makes baseball fun to watch, you know, him being a you know, silent winner with his disgusting runs and pitches in Cleveland. So um, I'm expecting a, hopefully a, a good season with that, with, with you guys uh, on the Yankee end. Amen. Indeed. So hit on our, we hit on our New York sports teams. Why don't we talk about some of the others and the way we're going to do it. And I mentioned before this um, podcast that Alex and Andy get ready for. It's a way to talk about the other teams. I mean, if you want to talk about all 32 teams, that'd be great, but you know. (laughs) I'm sure. I got places to be, man. (laughs) Exactly. So the best way I figured we can um, 
discuss it is through the over-unders. Every single year, Vegas makes these odds on how many wins they expect an MLP team to have. They really do it to any sport. Any sport, they do over-unders. But um, specifically in baseball, they make they create the odds and what they think. Usually, it's a half number. So if you hit, if you pick a number, like we'll say, if the if we were going to make up a team, if the, you know, if the if they we say the Royals, which are were ninety, they were expected to win ninety games, and like they're not, they're they yes, the uh, the numbers would be something like eighty nine and a half. You would win the bet if you pick ninety, because that's. You, if you hit 89, you technically lose the bet because that half brings you over. So that's how we decided it. And I picked you guys. We go well, but we picked three teams each. It's just a nice little explanation. We could talk about why we think that team will hit over or hit under. So why don't we start with the overs? And um, I'll go with my three. Then we'll do Alex's three, then Andy his three. And then we'll go with the unders, and then we'll go backwards. Andy with your unders, Alex with your unders, my unders. So... Why don't we start it off with some over-unders? All right. So how I, as I explained, so this is what I thought with the overs. I picked two teams. Uh, Sorry, I picked three teams. My first team, the San Diego Padres, that have arguably been turned into one of baseball's most popular teams. Truly, five years ago that they were a dog shit team. I mean, who really was their most popular player? Will Myers. Yeah, Will Myers, who is still on the team. So their um, number is 94 and a half. I actually picked them over. The reason why I think some of they had some insane transactions, both of the trade deadline for getting an ace, uh, or not an ace, but a really good picture of my Cleveridger, the deadline this off season, they got insanely, they really stepped up. You got Blake Snell who pitched the game of his life at game six. You have you Darvish. You also have two players from their sister, Chris Paddock. They, he became a rookie sensation in 2019 and transitioned. Well, the next season, they have something called Paddock day over in San Diego. And you also have who they expect. It did Lamet who's been making some noise as well. And on top of these pitchers, you have players again, Manny Machado, Eric Hosmer, Tommy Pham. And then they have this guy, Ha Song Kim, who's this infielder who was a sensation Korea who they uh, picked up. So I think just all these say transactions and all the, um, and bouncing off the the momentum they've been having, I think they'll actually be over that 94 and a half number. You guys have any uh, matches just uh, regarding the Padres. Uh, they actually were one of my teams, so I guess right, uh, cool. we'll, we'll wait. It. We'll wait for that. We'll okay. wait for you to explain there with that. But um, we'll talk about the when we get to Alex. We'll mention any of the Padres, and uh, we'll go with the Padre talk there. But yeah, that's what I think. Uh, my other over, I said the Blue Jays eighty-six and a half. I actually picked the over. Did any of you guys pick the Blue Jays? I picked the Blue Jays for the Blue Jays as well. <laughs> okay, all over, okay, all over on this one. Yeah, cool, I did cool. pick the over. So let's uh, we'll put this as the Blue Jays section here. So over eighty six and a half. Um, why don't we then? I'll just uh, the reason why I picked the eighty six and a half. I think I actually thought the number was kind of low. I think they're the biggest threat against the Yankees to win the East. I mean that core that you originally had from Vlad Jr., Bobuchet, Kevin Biggio. Ironically, all their dads were great players in the nineties. 
And now they added George Springer to the mix and Marcus Semien. Yeah. Going to be good saying. They have a very underrated pitching staff as well. Hugin Ryu could be a legit ace. I think he's the most underrated ace. He's they definitely add, an ace. Oh, yeah. And you add Robbie Ray. And then you have Kirby Yates in the bullpen. And um, their big prospect, Nate Pearson, might be making some noise. Uh, Alex's old friend, Stephen Matz, has joined them. And Tanner Rorock, who had promise in the when they were on their respective teams, now trying to revitalize their career at Toronto. I think this team is legit. They high-key make me nervous. And uh, Blue Jays are going to be something else. Alex, what do you think about the Blue Jays? Uh, similar to you, pretty much everything. I, they're just so young, and there's just so much natural, raw talent. I think Bo Bichette's in. I know we've seen him have, like, a, like really good seasons, you know, but he's in for a breakout slash MVP year, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I love Bo Bichette. I, I think he's the guy to watch out for for AL MVP. Um, just, you know, hits off field, has that pop. You know, he's just such an exciting player to watch. Um, and just adding the, you know, the veterans, adding Springer to that, just, you know, you just think all the different lineups you can have, they're, they're just consistent across the board. Tiasco Hernandez is one of the most underrated outfielders in my eyes. He's a beast. Uh, so just that whole lineup top to the bottom. And like you said, the rotation, it, it, you know, Ryu, I think, like you said, is probably one of the most underrated starters in baseball. Um, you know, almost won a Cy Young. So he's there. And like you said, there's a lot of guys there that have the talent to, you know, have good years. And I know Steven Matz, you know, he had some success, but usually some failures with the Mets. Maybe he turns it on, has a second, you know, start here with Toronto. So it's just all around. I think there's such a well-rounded team that if they just stay healthy, they can, they, like you said, I think they really are a legitimate threat uh, to the Yankees for winning the East. So that's why I had them as my over. Cool, cool. What do you have to add on to Andy? Yeah, Yankee killer Gurriel, baby. Um, he's just a Yankee killer, and he's a good hitter. Uh, I pretty much, you guys comprehend, were co- very comprehensive on the Blue Jays. I just think the level of maturity for those young bucks, uh, you know, the 90s babies, I think they're going to step into their own. I, d- I, d- I don't see a I'll be very, ex- I'll be very excited if Bo Bichette wins the MVP because that means he's had a crazy year. Yeah. If he does that uh, extra base, ten extra base hits in six games that mm. he was on pace for, like when he just came up, he'll be on that list. But yeah, I think eighty-six and a half is low. I think they definitely win eighty-seven games. Uh, I think Robbie Ray has somewhat of a bounce-back season. I like his stuff. He has a high spin rate on his curveball, um, and yeah. Again, another uh, road to redemption for Steven Matz should be good. Uh, and Pe- uh, Pearson, it's Pearson, right? Yeah. Uh, Nate Pearson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, it, he'll be exciting to watch. I mean, the guy comes and throws, what, like 102? 100, mm-hmm. 102? Yeah, it's like 102, and his slider yeah. is like upper tier 95. Two. Something so, wild like uh, that. Yeah. Listen, Blue Jays are going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. Uh, I can't think of their catcher, but aside from that, their entire lineup is argue. I mean, you know, you got the Dodgers, the Yankees, this Blue Jays lineup could be my third pick Padres. I think one of the Blue Jays catches, but you know, honestly, this Blue Jays, yeah, it's right up there. It's a, yeah, it's Alejandro a Kirk. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, I think Alejandro Kirk might be their, their guy. I don't know. I know Danny Jansen was mainly their guy, but I, Kirk yeah, might step Jansen in. Jansen started last year, but I don't know if Kirk has overtaken him yet. We'll see. Yeah. But, I'm saying aside from that catcher position, they are yeah. stacked. So if the, if that pitching holds up, and again, that's a big if for a bunch of teams, if that pitching holds up, 
They'll be uh, well on their way to 87 wins, I believe. Tell me about it. So my last over I picked, I picked the Nationals over 84 and a half. Did any of you guys pick the Nationals? All right. So I picked the Nationals. They had, after probably the scrappiest team to ever win a World Series in 2019, no one saw that coming. Go over them, though. But they fall flat on their face in 2020. Bad. And then, so with that, and after winning the World Series, had to make a, they probably had one of the best off seasons themselves. I mean, on top of the big three pitchy with Scherzer, Corbett, Strasburg, you're adding in, though I understand he's older, you still have a solid left, another lefty in there and John Lester, who maybe could give you one or two more final years in there. Uh, you know, maybe he starts a game four or something and uh, he could make some noise in there. You have, you, they arguably got the biggest, the best reliever in baseball on the offseason this year. Brad Hand, sorry, Alex, I know Mets wanted him, but that didn't fit together because he wanted to be the closer. And I think they were, weren't sure about it. But, anyways, you got Brad Hand to the bullpen and he's, he's all, I mean, he's automatic. He really is. So watch out there. And then you add also, it's, uh, to this team that has Josh Harrison, Watts, Soto, Trey Turner. You have Kyle Schwarber, who still has a beautiful swing and a short-ported... Um, I know the Nationals have a more of a pitcher's park, but they have a shorter... They have one of the shorter porches to get that whole run. I think that's going to match with the swing. And then you have Josh Bell. Finally got himself out of Pittsburgh. He's just literally looks like a beast. And I think that 84 and a half number is going to surprise people. I really think the Nationals could be a th- another threat of the NL East. Honestly, any team in the NL East can win it. But, um, and we'll talk about that when we pick our division winners. But I think the Nationals are going to make some noise. Any uh, comments regarding the Nats? No. <laughs> I think you hit it all. Yeah, uh-huh. no, I, I didn't do much. Uh, I think. Uh, listen, if their if their pitching trio holds up, that team could be any team in a postseason series. Yeah, definitely. like seriously, if they if they go three starting pitchers in a postseason series, they got cool. three pretty good ones. Exactly, exactly. So, um, Alex, now we'll go with your unders. Why don't we start off with the one we had in common, the Padres? What do you think about this Padre team? Oh, overs, right? So sorry. Yeah, Padres. Yeah, doing that. Okay. Um, yeah, no, similar to you. I think just what the moves that they made in the offseason um, just literally might have one of the best, if not the best rotation in baseball. And then you just add, you know, Tatis and, and all, all the guys, you know, just Fernando in himself is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, so just Machado and Tatis having those two great years, you know, Hosmer kind of looked back to his old ways, you know, last season as well. Um, you know, Tommy Pham is like a beloved guy over there already. Trent Grisham, all, all these guys that they have, it's just, they're just such a really good top to bottom team. So I, I think, you know, like just the rotation in and of itself, they're going to definitely, I feel, win more than the 94, um, which is why I had them, you know, as, as one of my over teams as well. Yeah, you did you hear that story about? I think Tommy Pham got stabbed at a strip club in the off season. Yeah, and but it came out that he was in such good shape that it didn't make internal damage that a um a more overweight person like they literally said if you were overweight you would have died. Yeah, so that's a flex. Yeah, huh? yeah <laughs> ultimate flex. I got stabbed, but I'm so jacked that it didn't even bother me. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm just casually Thor. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so what are your two other overs, Alex? Uh, just looking over everything. I know we talked the Blue Jays, so those were the two. Um, the one that I had, and I don't know why I just gravitated to it, but I had the Miami Marlins over 71 and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, just seems like a low number from what they did last year. And just with some of the additions that they have, you know, I know Starling Marte is like their big addition that they had, but just that team is young and they just, you know, with the season they had with the COVID and and missing, you know, like two weeks, pretty much on a run to make the postseason. Like they're young. They now have that playoff experience. They're coming pretty much the roster's coming back. They added a few extra bats. I really like them and their pitching is young as well. So like, I know a lot of people are looking at six though. I know he's down at the training site right now, but like if six though comes up, he can be a, a legitimate, you know, rookie of the year contender. Um, so, you know, just the, the, the pitchers show flashes and if they can just continue that next year or going into this season, I think that they could be a team to look out for, which is why I had them over at, over at the 71 and a half. Yeah. I also had the Miami Marlins over 71 and a half. Again, I think they're hungry just as Alex brought up. I think they have that playoff experience. I think six still will be up and making a difference very soon. I think Adam Duvall is actually mm-hmm. a pretty fun signing. Yeah. And yeah, it's the same team as last year that made the playoffs pretty much. And they just, yeah, I think they disrespected the Miami Marlins with 71 and a half. Definitely, definitely. So with that too, Andy, who are your two other over teams? So we had the Blue Jays. We had the mm-hmm. Blue Jays over 86 and a half as well. Um, but my other over was the Cardinals. I really like the addition of Nolan Arenado. Yeah. I think uh, – Jordan Hicks is going to take another step forward this year and be truly almost, I mean, he's practically unhittable now, but I think he's going to take another step forward and that's going to be very dangerous for anyone playing the Cardinals. Uh, They also get the opportunity and we'll get into unders later, but they get the opportunity to feast on the pirates who are going to be (laughs) absolutely trash this season. And that is one of my unders that pirates 59 and a half is a big under for me. Even Um, lower, huh? Oh yeah, I've re- there's no way that team wins 60 games. We can talk about that in a second. Yep. But I really just love the culture of the Cardinals. They always are in contention. They have Wainwright and Yachty coming in, coming back for their 17th straight year as teammates. Damn, I think that's amazing. That's dedication. They're, yeah, that's dedication. Except Alex doesn't like them, but yeah, that, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's fair. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, I love the I love the corner infield tandem of Goldschmidt and Donato. And I think it's going to be fun to see Arenado in a big market. All right. All right. Cool. Cool. So with that, why don't we hop to the unders and we'll start with Andy. So why don't we hit that? Tell us your first under go. Um, tell us about the pirates and then the other two after that. <laughs> yeah, so man. you really I, think I just, they're going to be so bad, not even 60 words. Uh, yeah, they have. Yeah, they truly, the, the farm system's deep. Let's, let's, let's start with the positive. They have a bunch of talent. That obviously, you know, they traded Jameson Tyon, they traded Joe Musgrove, they traded Josh Bell. They 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 cleaned house. And you know what? PNC Park is a wonderful place to be. It's very scenic. But I would I really not be going go. to Pittsburgh Pirates fans too often, aside from going to the park. I just think <laughs> they do not have a chance. I, I really think they could win under 50 games this year compared to 60. Yeah. So I think uh, Vegas was pretty nice with 59 and a half. 
My second under is the Houston Astros at 87 and a half. Really? I think, uh, yeah, I honestly think that uh, Bregman and Altuve could still be. Uh, they did not have a good year last year. Listen, I know <laughs> there's something to be said for I 60 games, but they did not have a good year last year. And, you know, the Astros do not have – they do not have Justin Verlander to rely on. They have nope. no George Springer, who is really a good cog in that machine. With Zach Grinke as an ace, if Zach Grinke's t- t- uh, twirling around a 4.00, 4.2 ERA, which he was, that's not going to be good enough to uh, to get into the playoffs, I don't think. Um because obviously the A's are a very good team. And, you know, I think there's something to be said about the uh, Los Angeles Angels and Mike Trout being the best player in the world. I think mm-hmm. they uh, the Angels give the Astros a run for their money for that second wild card position. So I do have that Astros under at 87.5. All right. All right. So Astros, Pirates, and who's that final team? It's going to be the Cleveland Indians, kind of the same deal as the Astros. I think they went on a they went on an absolute fire sale. They got rid of Lindor, they got rid of Carrasco, they got rid of Clevenger. Yeah. I mean, and they're they're eighty one and a half wins for this team seems like quite the stretch. Uh, I mean, Shane Bieber still there, great arm, uh, and all, I'm wow, I'm forgetting another. Top Zach Plesak. Zach Plesak. Thank you very much. Great arms. But yeah, I just I don't I don't see a hunger in Cleveland this year. Uh, you know, I think it's a real transitional year, and I think they will win under eighty games. All right, all right. I, I hear you on all those great points, Alex. Let's let's talk about your unders. Where can we um, Where can we start with you? Ah. Uh, uh... This, I don't, I'm like trying, you know, I have, I have some, so to start with me, I think I'm going to go with the, uh, the Kansas city Royals at 73 and a half. <laughs> I think they're going to be under, I know, uh, you know, they made some off season acquisitions and Ben attendee and all that stuff, but I mm-hmm. still think that they're not a great all around team. They have very decent individual players, just not, they're just not a well big roster. I know 73 doesn't sound like a lot, but I think they're going to be under that number. I just don't, like I said, I don't think they're a good enough roster to get 73. Do I think they're going to be pirates bad? No, but (laughs) I think the 73 number to me was just a little bit too high for a team like that. They can exceed expectations, but just from what I saw and looking at the roster, like I said, more kind of individual talent than overall team talent. So that's why I picked them as one of my teams to be under that. Cool. Cool. What's the other, uh, what's another one? Um, Another one that I saw, uh, is shockingly to me the Houston Astros mm-hmm. at 87 and a half. I, I'm sorry, I know I had to go away for a second. Out of track, it's all I don't know if they were brought up. Um, they're under 87. I know we kind of bashed the Astros who they are, but I think just some of the departures that they had this offseason with George Springer being the main guy leaving. Um, and we just saw like Altuve regress and, and everything like that. I, I love it. I, I just don't think them being like a highly touted team as they used to be is there. So that's why I have them. They could sneak in and be a playoff team, but I think just 
I think the number that they have, you know, around 87, kind of being, if you look at the Twins, they're in between the Twins and the Athletics as teams. I think both those teams are better overall. So, I, you know, that's why I kind of think they might be under that number. Shockingly, I think they might be having a year that, you know, is not great, you know, to the Astros standards, if you will, just because of some of the departures and just everything that's got on these last few years. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. And uh, Andy had similar thoughts, too, with that. I also picked under with the Astros and uh, you you won't see me feel bad. Yeah, I mean, there's any of the Yankees or any baseball fans, really. So I do think they get some of the booze. Like I do. Yeah. Fans will let them have it. Oh, yeah. Fans are going to let them. That, because yeah. we, we had a whole year where we couldn't let them have it. So yeah. I think 100%. they're really going to let them have it this year. Yeah, uh, they're coming to the last time. They're coming to town in May. At least for the Yankees. So, oh man, that'll be fun. Yeah. Oh, I'm. I gotta figure out a way to get there. Uh, <laughs> seriously, I was uh, at the. I was at the last Yankee game with people. I was at Game Five of the ALCS. So last time the people were there it was against them, and I never felt so. Like I said, I my whole life I hate the Red Sox, and there really is a team that is just as hated with them forever. As a whole yeah. entire franchise. Oh, man. So. It's actually Alex. crazy. Mm-hmm. I never thought I'd hate a team like I hated the Red Sox. Yeah, seriously. So, yeah, though those are Alex's three other great solid choices there. And uh, for my unders, I had a lot of fun writing this. It was really easy to write. So, first, <laughs> we'll start with the Angels. I actually think the Angels are going to be under 83 and a half. Oh, basically, despite good manager, like where is the bullpen going? You know, Andrew Hindi, Heaney, Dylan Bundy, Jose Quintana. I mean, they're good, but they're not they don't have like that badass ace that I think a team really needs. And with the exception, Shohei. Yeah, Shohei Tutani. He could be the solid one, whether they're choosing him to. I think I know they're going to it's going to be one or the other. He has been playing both both sides of the ball, but um, I don't know if they made a decision yet of which one he's going to do, but um, he wants to do both. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he wants to try to do both this year. So we'll see. I mean, if he can stay healthy again, for, very excited to watch him. Uh, super cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. And for baseball's sake too, for popularity, yeah. just let yeah. it go. If he, yeah. if he, he understands what's involved, he's had Tommy John surgery. Let him he's do it. Play professionally as both. Yeah, overseas he's played professionally as a pitcher and a hitter. So, and the other just things I think they have a weird. The Angels have a weird identity crisis. They have a team that looks like a rebuilding team, but has some veterans thrown in there. When you have Pujols in the fire of his contract, he's definitely retiring after this year. He's not going to be starting, but you have that presence. You do have Rado come back. Rado Trout obviously still forced directly with Justin Upton. Here or there. I mean, Jose Iglesias is a good addition. I mean, I just honestly just don't see where this team can compete. And um, especially the rise of the A's lately. I, I think that um the A's are gonna have their year. We're gonna talk about that more, but I just don't I just don't see them having much success. They fell flat last year. Um, but I think you, think you the know the Angels are better. You think the Angels are worse than the Astros this year? Yeah, on paper, I think they're okay. worse than the Astros mm-hmm. because, again, so many players that still haven't had potential yet with those veterans in, I just think it's a hard identity crisis at that point. But, um, you know, who knows what could happen? I prefer that the ages are better than the Astros, but um, 
it's always going to be fun. So my other unders that, and they haven't been mentioned. Oh, this is going to be great. The Dodgers. Now I'm saying this number because this is an absurd number. The Dodgers at 102 and a half. You need a 103 games. That's a lot. That is a lot. I'm only saying that I just see them more of a 90 win team. I do think they're going to make a deep run in the playoffs, but you know, the only real big addition was Bauer. He did bring back um, just a Turner as well. But, you know, you do lose Peter, Jock Peterson and Kiki Hernandez. But you do have Bauer, which a lot of people think all those extra wins he's going to bring will make that much of a difference. Plus, you have that trip, that rotation with Kershaw, Walker Bueller, Dustin May, I think, is going to be better than what people think as well. And obviously, Mookie's still there and Belly. So that team, I think, I think is a deep team, but I don't think it's over 103 wins. And that's, I mean, if you're going to bet that, you got to really hope that they're, they, they can't, you got to win every single series, two out of three with many sweeps. I just think that's a number that's a daunting number at 103 to win. It's a big number, but that is a very good ball club. Oh, yeah. No, no question. And um, yeah. I do think they're going to be fighting with the Padres for the West. I just personally don't see him as a over 100 win team. Hmm. And then my favorite under the Red Sox under 80 and a half. Man, see the Red Sox just full. You, that team is, is just shooting themselves in the foot. I love every single segment with it, even though they did get a big GM addition. But like, where do we start, man? Who the team is just imploding. No more Mookie. You lost Bendy. You lost Jackie Bradley Jr. You didn't really get a big replacement besides JD Martinez, who I think is on the back end of his career. Who's like the big bad in the lineup next to what? Rafael Devers that he's been okay. Who is the ace? You're not having um there's no Chris Sale, no Erod till the end. I think Avaldi, Gary Richardson. Yeah, I guess it's Avaldi. Yeah, it's just like this team looks awful. They don't have a big they don't have really any big names on that team now and I love it. I hope they genuinely stay this way forever. So bring us joy to see Boston hurt. Absolutely. I know Alex also has his love for the Red Sox, but you know, I hate him. <laughs> but you know, I hate them. <laughs> so, just the quote of the night. But I love Alex. So, that's most important. <laughs> and um, so with that, any other comments regarding these teams over unders or stuff like that? No, uh, I think all of us have good good points and we had all of them. Uh, pretty much it's kind of crazy that we all had similar answers and similar teams picked. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think it just shows how the teams they're definitely if we're breaking it into tiers, there definitely is, you know, the lower tier, your Padres, your Rockies, so not Padres, your Rockies, your Royals, your um, Pirates. Then you have the middle tiers, all the teams try to figure out themselves at that top tier that's left, the Yankees, Bets, Dodgers, Padres, White Sox. It's it's just an interesting time. There's really, it's easy. It's kind of like the NBA, the NBA before, like during the when it was Warriors and Heat every year, sorry, Warriors and Cavs every year, I feel like the NBA is kind of that. Uh, sorry, I feel like the MLB is in that era right now where you have just, you could tell who's going to be playing. It's just a who's a battle to the playoffs at this point. So, yeah, be good. So, 
Switch it from over-unders. While we talk about some player awards right away, I asked you guys to pick your... I asked you guys to pick your... Who you think will win the MVPs in both leads, Rookie of the Years, and the Cy Young Award winners, as well as a Comeback Player of the Year. Why don't we start off with Alex first? Let's start with the MVPs. Alex, who's winning the MVP in the National League and American League? Uh, National League, I am going with Juan Soto. Uh, I think he's going to have a fantastic season. Um, He's been a guy I've been looking at, um, obviously, being a Mets fan these last few years of him crushing baseballs against us. Um, And just seeing what he did last year, I think he's going to continue off on that. I know he started off kind of injured last year, and then he really turned it on late end. So uh, he's a guy to look out for. Could be a guy who bats for 300 and hits 35 plus home runs. So what that's why swing. I think, uh, yeah, he has a beautiful swing. I think that's why he's my NL MVP. Uh, AL, I know I mentioned it before. Um, I don't know if I'm going to lock in. My dark horse is Bo Bichette um, mm-hmm. for AL MVP. Like I said, just hits the all fields, everything like that. But I can't deny Mike Trout. Uh, just best player in baseball. So, yeah. you know, to me, he's probably, he's most likely the front runner win MVP literally every year. So I'm going to probably lock in. I'll say Mike Trout, AL MVP, but I'm telling you guys, you heard it here first. Dark horse candidate, Bo Bichette, AL MVP. Got you on camera. I don't hate it. So while we go with that, now it's Andy's turn. What do you say? AL and ML MVP. I think Alex brings up a great point. If we're talking about the AL and we're not talking about, we're talking about every, Trout, you know, he's, he's the best player in the game right now. But aside from Trout, uh, I mean, I love my, I think, I think Giancarlo Stanton, if he stays healthy, could hit 50 home runs. <laughs> I really do. I think the Yankees have, uh, obviously they're a huge market. There's going to be, I think being in a big market is big for the MVP, except when you're Mike Trout and you just win because you're just that much, you know, you have a 400 on base percentage. I I like Nolan Arenado this year in the National League. I think Ooh. his numbers translate to St. Louis. He gets rid of that stigma of he hit only hits in Colorado and his numbers are Colorado bait uh heavy. I think he comes through. Well, yeah, and I like the Cardinals. I like the Cardinals 86 and a half over and I think they just have good culture and a winning a winning mentality. Definitely. The historically, I mean, um, I it'd be so much fun to see uh, that classic Yankees Cardinals matchup and see like them play as a team. So it's uh, remember the Cardinals really scrappy themselves. Really, they made a couple NC and LCS appearances over the past few years. Maybe this is finally the time they um, go over. So I know who I think for the MVP. I said. <laughs> I said Fernando Tatis is winning the MVP. That guy's on his way to be the true face of the game, like Derek Jeter face, like mm-hmm. the way he upholds himself again because he is a Latin player and why we need to emphasize the Latin player more. He obviously could start that trend um, even more so. I mean, he's a true five-tool player. That guy can't be stopped. And I think it'll come together. And it's going to be weird. This will be his first... I believe it'll be his first full season and he's already been in the league three years with a, uh, that extension and everything got called up in the middle of the year in 19 and became a star there. Obviously different 60 game season. And now I think um, this will finally play in a full season. will show how damn good he is. 
And I'm going to pick my MVP as a silly one. <laughs> well, no, it's not silly, but it's definitely a biased one. I'm going to go with Aaron Judge, I think. Go. He played when he finally played, when he did play a full season, people thought he was going to MVP, going to be an AL MVP slash rookie of the year player. So so much to prove, finally changing things up, changing his teeth. I think, um, I think it could come together and honestly take the throne as the face of baseball. I do. I think it's Tatis is on the way for it. I think it's, it has to be judged, take it once and for all, see more commercials and he could help bring the trend again. So why don't we go with the Cy Young's, and we'll go with Alice again. Who you say? Who do you believe is the Cy Young Award winners for both leagues? Um, it's always tough because there's so many good pitchers um, for both. I think the obvious one uh, for the AL is Garrett Cole. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's just going to continue his dominance in the AL. Um, I know seeing it, you know, some of these favorites and stuff. He's the, the odds-on favorite to win the Cy Young. Um, so I'm going to go Garrett Cole just because, you know, he showed how good of a pitcher he is and, and now, you know, the pressure of New York didn't really get to him. Um, and then, obviously, I think all of you guys will know my answer for the NL. Mm-hmm. Um, this is completely biased, obviously, and I'll be honest that this is biased. Um, I am going with Jacob DeGrom, uh, the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, you know, if he got a few more wins last season, he probably would have won, you know, another consecutive Cy Young, but – Trevor Bauer took that from him. No bias to him. Uh, so I think he comes back with a vengeance, obviously shows that he should have continued his streak of Cy Young's. And uh, I think he'll claim it again in the NL. All right. All right. What do you believe is going to be the case, Andy? I mean, it's hard to bet against Cole and DeGrom. They prove it. They've proven it year after year that they are a cut above that they are always going to be mm-hmm. in that conversation because they have that pedigree and they have that mentality. And truthfully, if you, again, if you look at the stats, if you look at, if you ask the players, it really is a one, a one B situation. So I think those are definitely the safe bets in, uh, and that's who I would be putting my money on if I was going to Vegas and to bet on the Young award. Yeah. We all have the same answer. DeGrom, the 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 Cole. I actually said the Cole. DeGrom and DeCole. Ah. DeGrom. DeGrom and Garrett Cole will be winning the Cy Youngs. It's never been done before. Never been a Yankee and Met winning the Cy Young. And let's be real, these two pitchers are intimidating. They throw hard. They know how to pitch in the big game. They've both pitched in the World Series already. They poach, They both pitched well in the World Series. Eric Cole pitched well in um, his last playoff outing. The one playoff outing for the Yankees, he did exactly what we paid him for. It's been a while for DeGrom to get back in the playoffs, but I think he'll show why he's legit. So, yes, it's biased, but it's true. It's going to be Garrett Cole, Jacob DeGrom, New York's finest, being on top of the pitching world. So this is going to be interesting. I'm going to start with Andy in this one. I wasn't necessarily, uh, um, I wasn't thinking that at first, but you did make a great point is what were we going to do for the rookie of the years with some big prospects coming in and a lot of rookies that technically started last year, but because of the rules, they're now getting an extra year of eligibility. Like, right. um, 
um, a Rosa Reina, for instance. He became yeah, a star last year, and he's technically a rookie this year. So um, Rosa Reina, I mean, you can name countless. Exactly. There's so many people on the exception. Mm-hmm. So with this great idea, Andy, why don't you introduce us to start it off Who's going to be winning the rookie of the year in both leagues? I do have Randy Rosarena just continuing mm-hmm. to dominate uh, major league pitching this year. He should, he proved it all, all last year and throughout the play. I mean, mainly throughout the playoffs uh, that he was, he came ready to play. They got, they compared him to the Cuban uh, Mookie Betts. That was what uh, Kevin Cash called him. <laughs> and uh Hopefully he's not that because we traded, we got rid of Mookie Betts in the AL East. I don't want another one around unless he is playing in pinstripes. So uh, I do think Randy Rosarena is going to continue his just mashing of uh, major league pitching. Um, and I'm I'm going I'm mad at myself because I wrote down the first name and I can't even to Brian on the Padres. Funny enough, he's on the Padres. Mm-hmm. Brian uh, on the Padres or Pirates. Pirates, pirates, pirates. To Brian, to Brian Hayes? Yes. Mm-hmm. He's elect, absolutely electric. I love what I'm seeing, and he's going to be the only exciting thing to watch about the Pirates all year. Really. It's going to be he brutal. finally but be the one. Park is beautiful. Yes, and one thing, Andy, that we didn't – we forgot to mention the Yankee portion, but you can uh, – I saw the excitement in your eyes when you mentioned Jason Dominguez – just talk oh. to us. Just talk to us about the big Yankee prospect and his extreme expectations and who he's. Well, been he's called to. the Martian, and he's been literally referred to as the next Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle, uh, which is incredibly high praise. He's a switch hitting, dynamo, eighteen year old. I think he's now. I think yeah. He was, yeah, eighteen years old. Uh, he's built like a thirty-five year old, and the sound. <laughs> that are coming out of his bat from spring training are just not spring training. Excuse me. The private videos are just, they, I mean, they left my mouth on the floor. I'm so excited. And I, I know like we need to trade for a pitcher. It's always the Yankees thing trade for a pitcher, but he's off limits. I want to see him in pinstripes. Mm-hmm. I want him to be a career Yankee. Hassan Dominguez, five, five star, excuse me, five tool, 80 grade, just incredible. Badass. Incredible prospect. I've heard people Number say Babe Ruth. I've heard people use the words Babe Ruth and Trout. It's crazy. That's a uh, crazy comparison, but hope it's a hopefully he's Hercules because that's what he's built up to be right now. Yeah, and the other one, and only because obviously if he played a full MLB career. I think he would have been one of the greatest is Bo Jackson, and people compared mm-hmm. him to that. Obviously, he was major in yeah. the NFL. That kind of athletic. Then he plays center field. I mean, he's the prototypical ball player. I think he's like 5'11", 230 or 240. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. excited. There was this guy who in the who said that he, he was able to live enough – live long – well – the way he was born, he was able to see Babe Ruth play. It was also saw Bo Jackson in his elder state. He said they had the same bat sound. And mm. if and like I said, this guy Dominguez is compared to Bo Jackson. So obviously, if you want to put them all together, who knows what we have here? So exciting times is that. Now we're transitioning off to Alex. Who do you think is winning the rookie of the year? Um it's just there's so many good 
rookies. Um, I love Brian Hayes. I think that was a, a really solid pick. Um, I think he can do a lot uh, for the Pirates. And then you will probably, like you said, make the Pirates so excited. So I like him. I'm actually going to go with Dylan Carlson of the mm-hmm. Cardinals. Uh, I think he's going to have a really good year. Like I said, um, you know, now that they have Arnado again, takes a little pressure off of the limelight spotlight being all on this huge prospect in Dylan Carlson. Uh, so I think with that and having the mentors of Goldschmidt and, and Arnado in his ear and a lot of these guys uh, who have been, you know, big time prospects, I think it really only help him. So I have, uh, I have Dylan Carlson as my rookie of the year. Nice. Great. Great. And um, you did know Carlson, and then you had Cabrian Hayes. So I also pick Cabrian Hayes after his insane September five home runs, seven doubles, two triples. And people say he's like Willie Mays out there with his athleticism. And like, like you said, the Pirates were literally, you know, they're used to having no fans of the stands anyways. But now at least you might have someone who gives them hope in the future again. Because historically, the Pirates historically are a classic franchise. They were in the very first World Series. And with the exception of that one year, what, 2011? Like it was like 2012, 2013 when they, when they made it. Yeah, yeah McCutcheon. Yeah, McCutcheon and like Russell Martin let him. Yeah, that's it. They they've been striving. They've been killing for one, and they haven't won since '79. So now you're hitting five decades. So and they haven't been relevant. <laughs> so maybe this is the one. And then my AL Rookie of the Year, I actually pick Andrew Vaughn, who's for looks like he's going to be playing first for the White Sox, and the Braves is going to be going to the DH. He's swig is like a trout type figure. He's less brolic, um, just destroys bat on the ball. Obviously, with the team on the rise like the White Sox have been, I think he's going to be a major aspect for the White Sox. And last player award. Who do we think is going to be the comeback player of the year? I'll start off with this one. I think Aaron Judge again because of just how much potential this guy has. And it's do or die now for him. He's also an older – He, despite, you know, he's older for his age. Like he's about 28 years old. He's only played for four full seasons. But not there's anything wrong with it. And I think this is his way to finally show that he – is the best for a reason. He didn't have a fluky rookie season and really good other seasons, but kept getting hurt. It seems like he's really revamped. His stance is completely different. If you've noticed and well, not completely different, but much different than in years past. I think that, uh, next to Sanchez has the most approved for the sake of, um, pride and trying to make the team. Cause even if judge slubs, people still want him. He's an attractive figure to play for and watch. I think that judge is going to be, you know, earning his stripes and being closer to earn his pinstripes once and for all. So Andy, who do you think is making a huge comeback here? Uh, I choose, I chose two New York boys. I, yeah. I didn't choose judge. I chose Giancarlo because mm-hmm. I think a healthy Giancarlo Stanton is, I mean, he was NL MVP in 2018 yep. and, or 2017, 18. Yeah, 18. And uh, he just has that, again, it's that sound off the bat that's really special. And I think uh, I think Pete Alonso has a nice bounce back year. I think he's definitely capable of bringing that mm-hmm. average up and getting those home run numbers back to where they were in the rookie year, in his rookie season. I truly believe he will turn it around. 
I can agree. I can agree. What would you have to say, Alex? Who's making um, the comeback? I went more with like you know injuries uh, and stories like that. People who opted out. Um, I think for the AL, um, if everyone knows the story of Trey Mancini um, mm-hmm. fighting cancer um, and obviously overcoming it and missed a lot of last year. Um, he looked, he, he had some good moments in spring training and, and I love Trey Mancini. He's a great guy and everything's went through. So I picked him for my AL comeback player of the year. Like I said, it kind of went more on the injury based, um, you know, opt out kind of option. Um, NL, this one's a little weird. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I play a lot of MLB The Show and I love his swing for catcher, but Buster Posey, who opted out last season mm, um, with the, the birth of his daughter, uh, his twins, um, with COVID going on, so we opted out. Um, I know a lot of people are kind of, you know, forgot about him because he's been, he struggled the last few seasons. But I think having that year off, he comes back refreshed, ready to go, charged up. So that's why I have him um, for the NL for uh, comeback player of the year. Nice. Great pick. Uh, and I forgot to mention my NL one. So I pick the guy who survived his attempted murder, Tommy. Thomas fam like he really was an important piece for the Rays and now adding him to the mix and huge contributor to the Padres making a deep run I think now that he could be a, a humongous star on now mainstream being on top of the Tatis trade he can he has an amazing arm like I said great power hitter very fast I think this guy is an amazing, just an amazing athlete in general. And I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with and make his strides as the comeback player of the year. So last but not least, while we talk about where we, who we think is winning the divisions and the way we set this up, I figured again, we'll start with, um, we'll start with Alex and just, Right off the bat, just say who you think is gonna. We'll start with the AL, and then we'll um, we'll put it to the way where they you pick a pennant winner. Then we'll go to the NL, pick the pennant winner, and then we'll our final segment is obviously picking who's winning it all. So, Alex, why don't we start with um, um, Alex? Why don't we just start with uh, quickly um. Who you think is gonna win the AL? You could just name the teams right off the bat, and then um, we could do the same, Andy, and then me. We'll just name the teams. We've explained them as much as we can already. So just naming your division winners. Um, both. We'll just start with AL and NL instead, and um, then just pick your winner from there. Okay, so uh, my division leader for the AL East will be the Yankees. Uh, we've obviously talked about them in great detail, so you, everyone knows why I picked them. Uh, AL Central, I'm going to go with the Twins. Uh, they've just been consistent in the AL Central. AL Central is not that strong. I know a lot of people are going to pick the White Sox, but I still like uh, the Twins, so I'm going with the Twins there. Uh, AL West, um, I think I'm going Oakland. They've just been so consistent Um these last few seasons just dominating the AL West or battling for the AL West with the Astros. Like I said, I don't think the Astros take a dip and I just like the athletics as a team overall. So I'm going to go with them for the AL West. Um, for the National League, uh, I'm going to be biased here, obviously, but with the Mets additions, I'm going to go with the NL East and the Mets uh, winning the division there. Uh, Central was really tough um, because there's not a lot of, you know, obviously it's going to probably be mixed and there's probably going to be a weird record team that sneaks in. Um, but I'm going to go with the Cardinals 
addition of Nolan Arnado, I think he has a bounce back year. I think that the team as a whole, they can be really, really successful. And for the NL West, I'm obviously it, it's 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 really tough between the Dodgers and the Padres, but the mm-hmm. Dodgers just won the World Series. I have them winning the NL West. Cool, cool. And does just do you have the two wild card teams who you think will make it? Uh, wild card teams. Um, I will go with. Um, I'm gonna go for let's see for the AL wild card. I'm gonna go with the Astros. I think they're gonna sneak in as a wild card mm-hmm. team. Um, and the I'm gonna go with the Rays as the other um, wild card there. Great. Um, so yeah, uh, and then the end. I'll just real quick my wild cards. I'm gonna go with the Braves, and I'm gonna go with the Padres if that, that works. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to think of standing the playoffs um, and wild cards and everything works. It all scrambled and doing this quickly. <laughs> so those are all, all good. Team sneaking in uh, or just being the playoffs. And out of those bunch, who do you think is winning the pen in the AL and NL and who do you think is going to win it all? I don't want to be biased. I got to kind of be a realist. Uh, I'll go with the Yankees finally winning the pennant, getting themselves into the World Series. It's been long overdue as you guys as fans. Um, And then the NL, I hope it's a Mets, Dodgers, NLCS, good battle game seven. Um, But just with Mookie and that firepower and that pitching, uh, I can't deny them. So I'll go Yankees, Dodgers, and I'll go Mm, this is going to be tough. I'll go Yankees in six for the World Series. All right. Yankees, Dodgers, Yankees in six. Great. So, Andy, can you name us your division winners, your wildcard winners, it. and who's going to win um, both pennants and who's going to win it all? I got you, brother. Uh, I am also selecting the New York Yankees as the AL East winner. I believe that the – Chicago White Sox. I do like the pick of the Twins. The Twins are very consistently a very good team, but I do think the Chicago White Sox, their lineup is arguably a top three lineup in the very arguably, but a top three lineup in the in the league. And the Oakland A's, they'll run the West. My now my wild card teams here are the Toronto Blue Jays, and I think Mike Trout and the Angels sneak past the Astros wow. and lock up that other wild card. Position just to get, unfortunately, probably beaten by the A's in the first round. Anyway, uh, in the NL East, I have the Atlanta Braves winning the division. I have the Cardinals in the Central and the Dodgers in the West, all front runners, all blue chip prospects and players. Uh, for the wild cards, I have the Padres and the Mets definitely getting into the playoffs. I like what they've been doing. Uh, for my AL pennant, again, this may be a little biased, but I do think the Yankees have the deepest roster in the American League currently. I think the pitching will hold up, and we will meet the L.A. Dodgers. And I, li- I like six. I like the Yankees in six. I, mm-hmm. I think six is the good number. Wow, man. Exciting on all fronts. So, great. We'll put that. Yanks is six over the Dodgers for Andy. And then for me, so the way I brought it, broke it down, American League East, Yankees are winning it all. There's no question. The Central with the White Sox on the rise, they're going to be the ones who are taking over the, the Twins. I actually, unfortunately, as I said, on paper, the Astros are better. I do think in a weak division, I do think that um, 
They are psych. Nope. Definitely not giving the Astros credit. I think the Oakland Athletics are going to finally win the division once and for all. I mean, you watch their to create great. Um, you watch what they have great um, pitching. Uh, they have maybe Jed Lowry will be finally coming back. Oh, God. Uh, but I think Oakland is winning it. And then um, I do believe that um, the AL wildcard is going to go to the Twins and they're going to go to the Blue Jays for the. National League Mets are winning it in a very tight division where they could all win. I think the NL East is going to be won by the Mets. I believe the Cardinals are also winning the Central. I mean, when you have that, like you said, Andy, the most attractive hot corners with Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado to start, it's and then you have people like Flaherty leading the way in the pitching staff. Uh, what's there not to like and then Dodgers even though I do think it's going to be like one of the last it's like going to go down to the end between the Padres and Dodgers I'm not sure if they're playing the final series against each other in the final homestand for one of the teams but that would be perfect because that's what I think is going to go down to and then I think the but having said that obviously that'll lead to a wild card win for the Padres and then I think the Braves are um Got to sneak it. As I said, I was excited about the Dodgers, but I think the Braves just have a little extra, especially in the position players. And then it's going to be Yankees winning. I'm proud of the bias. They're going to be winning in the uh, American League. But I actually think the Padres are going to make a deep Mm. run, a Cinderella run, and uh, make it all the way to the World Series and just fall short in a rematch of the 98 World Series. So we're going to go with Yankees over the Padres in five Five. Ooh, he didn't pick six. He didn't pick anyone's <laughs> no. favorite number today. I think the more veteran, I think the more veteran team with a lot of playoff experience will humble the Padres, and they're going to be even scarier the next season. But it's been a pleasure, gentlemen. Kill it for two hours. I hope we can rekindle in six months from now and we'll talk about a playoff prediction. I'll definitely make sure we. Um, I let you guys know with that, but. I just appreciate you guys. Is there any final words you say besides just so happy baseball is back? Happy baseball is back. Let's so go. Happy let's go. Uh, let's thank- go Yanks, baby. Come <laughs> let's on go. now. Let's go Mets. <laughs> let's go. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Super, super excited baseball back. And Matt, again, thank you so much for having uh, us on the show this time. I had a great time. Uh, it was great meeting. Uh, just, it was so much fun. Um, so you know, thank you again for having us. We always appreciate you, had, you know, going and having us on and talking sports. And like I said, baseball's back and I'm super excited. Let's go. Yeah, brother. It's a pleasure as always, guys. We will definitely do this before the playoffs in October. And I just appreciate you guys. Stay safe out there. And I'll talk to you all real soon. Talk to you later, buddy. Bye-bye. How do you like that? Great Alessandro Viviano, the great Alex Young. Thank you so much for an incredible appearance. And if I have any last words to say about baseball, we're just so glad it's back. Huge step to normalcy. And what else can we say that hasn't been said over the past two hours? It's great that both New York teams are in a great spot with so much potential. And all I can say is, this Yankee team and this Yankee team, this core of Yankee players have a special place in my heart. As I'm trying to get through this crazy world being a 20-something year old 
it's always nice to have the Yankees, the Baby Bombers, as a great distraction. And I really hope this is the year, after going through so much, trying to find a job, the stress of the pandemic has put on everybody, you know, battling through very, very intense obstacles emotionally and so much stress in, in my life. Up until this podcast was made, my life was really, was really in a bad position in terms of where things were going. I didn't know what to do until I came up with starting a podcast with myself in life because of how slow it was to get a production job again. And well, we know how fulfilling it's been for me and the amazing audience who is listening to this, who I appreciate and love on so many levels. And I just really want to see this Yankee team just win one World Series with the Judge, DJ, Glaber, Gary, Cole, Severino. I want this Yankee team specifically to win it all. And I hope that's the case in a summer that I hope is the summer that brings us back to a normal life and a much better life forever. So let's go, Yankees. I believe in you. This is the one. This is the team. It's been, oh, 12 years since we won it all. Let that streak end this year. And I hope in October, while we celebrate the one-year anniversary of this show, I'm talking about a Yankee World Series and that this show keeps growing more in that time. We'll see what other production opportunities I have for my career. It'll be nice to watch this Yankee team to help me get through the amazing future that is to come. And with that, my name is Matt Brown. I'm the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. Be sure to check us out next week. We have three shows. Monday, Gabe Yifun is coming on in his big return. We're doing our second shot of reality with Kalen Williams on Wednesday. We have Will Hessert making a return, as well as my brother, Brendan St. Brown. We're going to react to the Final Four and the National Championship in college basketball. Hey, I might still win my pool now. Baylor and Gonzaga are still in. I got half of the Final Four. And if Gonzaga wins it all, or at least if Baylor and Gonzaga win, gets into the National Championship, I win my pool. So hopefully that's a great sign to come. And we're going to talk about that on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, we're going to have D. Debo Davis, who is a fighter, a mixed martial artist, and a boxer. And I can't wait to talk to him and going to feature him on Thursday's episode. So big week ahead. Enjoy the weekend. Until then, be safe. Enjoy the spring. Get that vaccine once you can. As I'm signing up right now as I can today on the 1st of April in the state of Connecticut. And I'll let you know about that scheduling. And yeah, I just love and appreciate you, the greatest listeners and fans in the world. Continue to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations Podcast. Still check us out on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And yeah, let's keep growing. Let's make an impact. And let's shock the world. With that, my name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast, and I love and appreciate every single one of you listening and tuning in. Thank you for making this show possible. I'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Peace. Peace.